Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I don't like blood and guts But I love them when they're lengthily discussed Cause nothing's more relaxing Than the cries of death and love So spend a ten This is with Gorley and Rust. You're catching us mid-conversation when we were just talking about quicksand. Uh, you know, Matt, it, it's much like the beginning of Child's Play, mid-action sequence. In media rest, right? Yes, this is a podcast in media rest. Yes, and boy, did you miss a conversation about quicksand that only I would have been thrilled about. <laughs> and the uh, quicksand-related board game from M- Milton Bradley. That it was, was Milton and Bradley? I, th- I th- oh, Gosh, did Milton Bradley really stick out their chin with a quicksand game and I think they did. Did they ever split? So was there ever just Milton board games or Bradley board games and was quicksand one of them? Uh, They did split but it lined up with at the same time Smith and Corona were splitting. (laughs) And so Milton went with Smith and Bradley went with Corona. The two hard workers went with the two, the other hard worker. And then the layabout went with the other layabout. I'll let you fill in the blade. I think we know. But the hard workers were all just games based on printers. Wait, what did Smith Corona (laughs) do? Well, the the, the two hard workers actually, it wasn't a good business because they were just like, you know, there was no yin and yang. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, they really should have split the opposite way. Speaking of a non-yin and yang, you and me who have essentially the same personality. We're all yang, buddy. (laughs) Uh, I'm Paul Rust. I'm Matt Gourley. And this is with Gourley and Rust. And we are jumping headfirst, diving Uh, right in to the Child's Play series we're doing. Very exciting. This is in Chucky We Trust with Gucky and Rust. And we are glad to be back. What a good summer series we talked before about. Should we do this yuppie nightmare series that Mm -hmm. you came up with? We've been formulating the the listeners wanted Chucky a little bit more, but that's probably better for summer. And yuppie nightmare feels more fall. And here we are. Does feel more autumnal fallish. And 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 uh, Chucky, even though we get just some great wintry Chicago landscapes That's in this true. one with with, with with breath on screen which is always adds to some yeah as we know from the dead zone when you see somebody oh. breathing on cold air on screen it just makes it very scary yeah uh, uh, uh um i think 
as things go on, it'll seem like Chucky should just basically be on a surfboard, right? A big it wave. It feels so summertime. Yeah, yeah. The lark. Yeah. I mean, he's wearing these sunny clothes and it just seems very f- frolicky. Look at I cross paths with a Chucky out here in Los Angeles uh, <laughs> in the summertime when I was visiting, uh, when my family was visiting over summertime. What do you mean? Well, I went, we went down to Hollywood Boulevard to the oh. Chinese theater <laughs> where many costumed characters come out and charge you for photos. Where you can finally, finally see the dream grouping of Chucky, Stay Puft, Marshmallow Man, and Wolverine. <laughs> The, the three, the, the team that everyone knows of. If only people could figure out the intellectual properties of each and get those three. Only at the Chinese theater can you get, your dreams come true. A poor man's Roger Rabbit. Also, if you're really, <laughs> if you're really also hungry to see a non-proportional Chucky, uh, <laughs> you should Wait, go Wait, he's probably like, what, four or five feet tall? Yeah, I mean, it, was a, a, it was a little person. Yeah. And uh, uh, wearing a <laughs> Chucky overalls and striped shirt and then I mean God love these Chinese theater costume yeah. people it's the best because it's like when you're trying to make a movie when you're a kid at your house and so it's just <laughs> that it's just a Chucky mask <laughs> but uh, there was a slit like the Chucky eyes weren't big enough to spend wearing the Chucky mask all day I see. so this guy like <laughs> kind of cut like a little slit that underneath an eye so he could have a better look. And I remember while I was posing with him, I looked down and I saw the slit that I just saw this little nervous human eye like darting around. I was like, uh. (laughs) And then I thought uh, Chuck, you couldn't get any scarier. And then after you pay him and your friend has a camera to take the picture, this might've changed now because this was like pre-phone when maybe a little more like, uh, uh, it was regal. More, it was premium. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Um, regal. <laughs> it would go <laughs> King Chucky. One, two, three, and they take the photo. And when the photo would take, this little Chucky had a fake knife that he had been pretty much hiding the whole time. And right at three, he takes the knife out, and puts it to your neck. Oh, geez. so the picture captures your moment of like terror of like not. Oh, I'm in universe of a child's play movie. It's oh, a costumed man. Chinese <laughs> yes, theater is going to kill this. me. <laughs> this is a Disneyland where I know that there's like guidelines. And you haven't been vetted, Chucky. Yes. Also, anybody that chooses Chucky, there's probably something wrong with them. I mean, this yes. guy, no offense intended, could have theoretically been an Ewok. You the, know, I see what you. Yes, yes, yes. Or even like a, a, a miniature King Ralph. I don't know why I thought that. You, you, you wouldn't even have to wear a Chewy? costume. Yeah. yeah, but no, he chose Chucky. Right. Nervous, darting eyes in the shadows of the mask. Do you still have this picture? Ooh, my friend Adam took it. I bet I could maybe. Uh, It'd be dig worth it up. trying yeah. to hunt down. Wow, you just see a... tears bursting from my eyes. <laughs> what's happening? Never, never recovered. Yeah. What a great little entree into our Chucky venture we got coming up here. <gasps> yes, yes. We'll be the little darting eyes underneath these movies. <laughs> There's a slit in these movies, and we're looking in uh, with our darting, darting oh, eyes. That's good. But yeah, no, I'm excited to. Uh, uh, I've seen one, two, three. Haven't seen four, five. Have seen six? You have seen yes. six. Yes. Did not see the seven and did not see the reboot. So there's oh, some wow. new ones in here. You're you're more experienced uh, than I am because I know I've seen the first one. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think I've seen any other one, but maybe Bride of Chucky, because that came out at the time that I was working doing improv at the Universal City Walk theaters inside the movie theaters for the paying guests before the movies. See an earlier episode of this This is like 98? To hear that story, yes. This is when you and your uh, usher partner would do, you'd kill with the Titanic pose. We'd slay. And also, anytime now when somebody, I hear about a laser pointer, the first thing I think about is Gorley and his buddy had to deal with laser Covered pointers. Covered in them. Like, like the SWAT team had, like, is bearing down on us. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I just remember thinking, why? Because people would walk in with their tiny kids to these movies and just mm-hmm. having experienced my Halloween experience, I would... I would visibly like get tense for them and, and kind of like judge them and shame them and frown at them. Like, whoa, whoa. I wouldn't say anything, but I would yeah. grumble. I, oh, it'd be, yeah. Um, well, because y- you know, from, yeah, like you just, uh, suggested like from your experience watching Halloween, you're like, you're guaranteeing these kids a lifetime of childhood nightmares. Yeah. Now. But I wonder, I, I thought about that too, with the little, the Tyken, um, child's play. Yeah. Um, I first saw this when I was in, uh, fourth grade. Mm. So I would have been, oh. I think it was fall 91. So I would have been 10 about to go on 11. So I remember watching this being able to easily kind of like project myself and to the boy yeah. and stuff. Cause it felt, and also just, uh, it was, well, we'll get to it. We'll talk about it. But it's just like, it is such a um, movie about like whatever kind of cross promotion, toys, cartoon, merchandising, cereal, pajama shit that was really at the peak Yeah, uh, at the, when I was that age. Like right. when everybody figured out uh, the FCC isn't like watching and you could have a 30 <laughs> half hour cartoon uh, slash commercial for your toy. Did you... Were you scared at 10 or were you kind of more thrilled? Well, this was what was really exciting about it was in fourth grade, um, the night before uh, the school, the day it was going to air, I saw an ad that it was going to be on WGN. Oh, And there's a little bit of a safety net there because yeah, you sure. know if it's going to be on WGN, they can't show stuff that could like freak me out. Yeah. Like... When the guy gets the uh, uh, electroshock thing oh, on his yeah. head and it fries his face, yeah. like they didn't, I right. remember they didn't put that on TV. But um, so I saw the commercial and I remember going to school the next day and just by fourth grade, you're like already like, what can I look forward to after school? Yeah. Because school's starting to right. suck now. Yeah. And I remember telling classmates, Giles plays on the night on WGN I think I'm gonna watch it you know just like meet back here tomorrow yeah exactly like let's maybe we could talk about uh and the reason I was so excited for it uh was because I had seen the video box for the original it was very striking yes um my parents had rented Child's Play um so they knew um they had watched it and liked it so for about two years now I knew my parents rented Child's Play and liked it I knew I wasn't going to be able to run it because it's our Raven movie. And but by fall of '91, Matt, '90 had Child's Play two, '91 had Child's Play three. So like the idea of this like Chucky's franchise is oh, kind of yeah. out there. It also just felt really crazy that with from '88 to '91, 
it felt like a short gap to go from theatrical release to now it's on yeah. WGN and I can watch it. It was like probably a fourth grade top five like thrilling experiences of like the anticipation of getting to go home and watch Child's Play, then watch it and be scared and then but also thrilled by it. And what was the next day like? Was there quite a little uh, summit? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if anybody watched it because WGM is a little oh, like I too you, far down the dial. I imagine you out there like at the dodgeball court just waiting for people at recess like I know that I mentioned this so I don't know where I set up one of those um, uh, four leg like <laughs> table and put up a sign that says ask me about <laughs> last night's last night's WGN presentation of Child's Play I saw it two weeks ago when my mom rounded it not interested <laughs> Clean version only, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, uh, ooh, I loved it, uh, and uh, uh, and then uh, subsequently got to catch up with the, with yeah. the sequels. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. So should we just talk whatever business before we jump into yeah, let's do uh, it. Chucky Land? Now we've been away for a little bit, so I've just got a handful. Of, we've been away for. We turned we, into a, a. We a did an uh, a parishioner. Ate us as a, as a I don't know you know oh, Catholic. So you mean like not like a Nilla no wafer type you're like a communal wafer yeah the, we were the body of Christ while we were gone so this podcast is now sanctified completely um, now if if you are a listener on the free feed God bless you if you'd like more go to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust where you can get these episodes ad free a week early you can get mailbag episodes every month, commentary episodes every month, or sometimes we switch out the commentary with something special like this month, mm -hmm. where already out is the 2022 Cozy Bracket, where we pair up all the films we've covered in the last year, mm -hmm. chronological year, uh, not the calendar year. But there's Since some doozies in there. You got Eyes Wide Shut going against Misery, uh, uh, going against Dead Zone. Oh. Holy Crimoly. Holy Crimoly is exactly right, holy. <laughs> and that's up now. You can get that if you're a Patreon subscriber. Yeah. Also, there's different levels to subscribe at. You get different things. That's if true. You're the highest level, which is a baby xenomorph. There's baby... Uh, Michael, Baby Jasons, mm -hmm. Baby Freddies, and Baby Xenomorphs. But like um, Xenomorphs, um, just as a species, it's the most highest, most evolved, In highest the caste tier. system. Yeah, Mother Nature's highest tier is, was the Xenomorph. Absolutely. If you've done good your past life, you eventually work up to be a Xenomorph. <laughs> Acid blood. Yes. <laughs> I did just hear this recently that um, if you've had a hard life. You get reincarnated as a doggy. Have you heard that? Oh, that does sound nice. I don't believe nice. it, but it's such a nice little notion. I mean, some dogs have it pretty rough, so I hope you get reincarnated as, <laughs> yeah. a, as a good dog. Jesus Christ, this is supposed to be easier? <laughs> <laughs> That's like, true. I'm um, the dog from Halloween, and this is I suffered for this? To get killed by Michael Myers? I guess the dog that got eaten by Michael Myers in the first Halloween must have gotten reincarnated to be a... a um, uh, Oliver and Company, uh, that dog, like just a really cool dog who yeah. wears shades and sings Billy Joel yeah. songs, or Benji, just like yeah. a celebrity dog. Benji, you knew, you know, <laughs> Benji was like got the best tables, oh, the best tail. <laughs> Benji, I think might have been a woman, a woman, <laughs> a grown ass woman Benji. in a dog suit. Okay, <laughs> Benji was somebody in a dog suit. <laughs> A huge trickery. 
Okay, so if you subscribe at the Baby Xenomorph level, you get a shout out on the podcast. And if you have not heard your name and you have subscribed as a Xenomorph, send us an email at yeah. withgorleyandrust at gmail.com. Um, some of these have messages attached to them. I'm just going to read the names because I want to get us all through these if you mm-hmm. if you don't mind. Okay, it's um, Anna Albrecht, who um, I will say in this one is was going through a hard time and found... Um, Comfort in our podcast, she says, and that always that means oh, a lot. It's the best. Hope you're doing well, Anna. Yeah. Alex Hubbard. <laughs> Roderick White. I might have read some of these before. I'm not sure, but he sent in uh, just the cutest picture of his kids. Oh, Look at that. My gosh. Oh my Look god. Look at those two sweeties. Wow. Side oh. by side in that chair and a beautiful chair to boot. So actually this Xenomorph shout out should have been to Judith and Daphne White. <laughs> Twins. All right. Um, John Rosenberg, Jonathan Bione, Sam Huddleston, Emily M. Mortara. That had a real good Don Pardo spin on it. Thank you. Ben Joby, Lorraine Newman. Musical uh, guest crash test dummies. <laughs> I always liked it too, and he'd get really fast. And musical guest crash test dummies. I gotta go. Um, Timothy Costa. Um, and finally, James Hughes. But he'd like his donor name to be Irvin Kirshner's pronunciation of Chewbacca. Chewbacca. <laughs> there you have it. And John Lovitz. Mm. Nora Dunn. Nora Dunn. Gosh, there's some good consonants in there that uh, Dodd Bardo got there in the late 80s. Oh, with that yeah. Cast. yeah. Uh, Ellen Cleghorn. Uh, Jay Moore. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you mentioned the Patreon man, yeah. um, as, uh, if, if folks are, or just, I, I mean the podcast uh, too, if folks are new here, you might be able to tell we have a little bit of a clubhouse thing oh. going on. We have listeners who we love horror movies and we have a good time here. So maybe people are here cause there's some real Chucky heads out there. Oh yeah. Maybe they're just joining us for the first time. Chuckleheads. Chuckleheads. Yeah. Welcome on in Chuckleheads. We, we'd love to have you. Get over to that Patreon because there's also a discord where you guys can frolic without parental guidance. We don't mm-hmm. go on there. We don't police it. This is just for there's the listeners. There's no Catherine Hickses around no these way, man. No Aunt Maggie's. Mom and dad. I would occasionally go in there just to see how people are doing and i do occasionally pop in just to say hi to see if anybody needs anything like do you need more popcorn for your slumber party do you need more uh shaving cream to do that one prank where you tickle and then they slap whatever made famous in sleepaway camp that's right yeah now we also would like to thank our lovely researcher brantley palmer yes thank you brantley palmer puts this stuff together and i haven't told you in the break yeah Brantley, I think, was just suffering from withdrawal about not doing research on things, sent me all this research on Bob Rochelle, the continuing saga <gasps> of Bob Rochelle. Oh, my gosh. New this listeners. Is this huge. Is, yeah, stuntman I'm obsessed with from Universal Studios and Knott's. I've never been able to find the original Knott's Berry Farm stunt show. Yeah. He went into, like, public records archives or something, sent me... Multiple versions of the Knott's Berry Farm show that had been like filmed by the park themselves. And one uh, of them, papa. Bob is the audience plant that does the high fall at the end. Oh, it was my incredible. God. And all these photos with Do Bob. Do you believe it when you see it? Like, would you be like, that guy seems like a, or from the beginning, you're like, that's a plant. 
mean, I mean, I know you're. You mean like back then or now? Uh. If you had been sitting in the audience, would you have believed Bob Rochelle? Absolutely. Of- okay, okay. Absolutely. Because he doesn't look like a stuntman. He's kind of Great. kind of lean, skinny, big, orange, curly afro. Like he doesn't look yes. like a stuntman. He yeah. just looks like some tourist and yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. He kind of looks like, um, who was the, that Hanna-Barbera character who had like the big yellow frizzy hair and the like belt that kind of... Gazoo? Uh, the Great Gazoo? No. Who no. Was? Uh... uh he kind of looks like a porn star. <laughs> oh, John Holmes? No, 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 no. <laughs> but is there anything you can tell us about? Uh, uh, it, it, you know, it was just things? a. Uh, I still am no closer to getting to talk to somebody that knew him, but I I should reach out more. I for some reason did like, you get some new info though? Uh, like find out that he uh, for two years he was. He was a private detective. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I don't think so. Um, I just watched those stunt shows over and over, and I I just I feel like maybe this I don't want this saga to end. So I want information to come to me from here on out. Mm. If anybody's so inclined, I'm so happy and I welcome it. But for me now to keep seeking it out. I don't know if what I'm going to find is good or bad. And so I'm, I'm actually taking a, a rare passive role in my life, hoping mm. it will come to me, but no longer grip grasping for it myself. I, uh, it's sort of a little bit like, um, if you love something, set it free. Yes. The that's Bob what Rochelle this is. Info will come to you. That's, that's what that phrase was invented for. It was so the original person who went on the task to find more about Bob Rochelle. <laughs> Wow. Um, the last bit of business I yeah. want to just say really quickly is that I have a dear friend named Ben Acker who, you know, is one of the two writers behind the Thrilling Adventure Hour, brilliant oh, writer. Yes, of course. And he wrote a book that is relevant to this podcast, especially if you have young adult children. It's called Stories to Keep You Alive Despite Vampires. Ooh, Please that's a, good, check that's a it great out. And little cross section for everybody there. That's the only business, other than I have a, 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 strain, uh, a minor twist. Ooh. I've decided something for this season. I've decided to go without notes. Gorley, I love it. And it's not for lack of not wanting to do the work, but last night I sat down with my notebook mm-hmm. and I was mm-hmm. going to put notes down like logo, loco. I, I already remember I want to talk about that. But then I was like, I think I haven't seen all of these films. Mm-hmm. I'm going to miss some things. I don't want to be hard-lined about it. I didn't want it to feel like I had to kind of do a book report or something. Not like there's ever been any requirement for that here. But I'm just going to try it at least for a few episodes and see how how it goes. Um, Now, is it okay if I continue? uh, (laughs) Of course. Okay. Of course. You do you. Uh, And I may go back to it. I'm just curious to see if I'll forget anything in next episode. I'm going to have all these. Wait, from last week. Last week. Oh, oh, no. uh, Well, that's great. Uh, And, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, um, the notes... I'll keep is just a way to remember the order of scenes. Oh, right. So if I refer to those, that'll maybe also just keep us uh, so we know where the the order of scenes go. But I love Love it, Matt. I think that's good. Um, I hope when like you, I'll I'll find out like when you go now, when you don't have notes and you have to refer to like the notes of your mind. Yeah. If you like lean back and your (laughs) eyelids go up. And your eyes turn like milky white. And you're like, <laughs> and then you come back and you're like, oh yes, yeah, so logo loco. Uh, I'll do that now, like in Dune. 
by the way, that's my noise my daughter makes 24 hours a day. <laughs> I mentioned that, I think, like one of those troopers dying in crawl, but it's, <laughs> right, it hasn't right, gotten right. any better. Uh, you saw the new Dune. Yes. I got to watch that new Dune. Have you not seen new Dune? I haven't seen new Dune. You've not watched the new Dune review? Oh, Dude. I liked it quite a bit. Oh, I, I'm sh- shocked and saddened. I haven't. I maybe wait till the new one Tenet comes out twice now. Really? Instead of, I should have used the second viewing of Tenet for a Dune screen. Uh, yeah, those there. are cash transferable, but you'll only get half a Dune from one Tenet. Both time wise, no, probably not time wise, but quality. Um, listen, maybe you want to wait. Till right before the second one sure. comes out to watch Dune because you probably know that it's kind of just and a new Dune two is called a new Dune two new Dune two yeah yeah new Dune two which is I probably I'm sure one of the words that Brad Dorif said in Child's Play when he was doing this little <laughs> which I'm gonna not very lead here Matt my favorite part of the movie amazing and we're looking curse. at yeah. Brad Dorif being a major contender for appearing in the most films we've covered. Yes, he's already yes. been in Alien Resurrection. Alien Resurrection, Chucky. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's like two more at least, right? Uh, what am I thinking Dune. of? Dune. <laughs> we just discussed the original Dune. Ah, there's more. What is it? Yes. I remember when he popped up. Oh, come on. Was it one of the Kingers? I gotta look it up. Oh, sure. Because I, I, I feel like he's been in it. I just thought sure of this. One, if uh, I've more. never thought about this until this moment. That, um, and I'll share it as you look it up. This that is, is Brad Dorif's. Dorif kind of sounds like Dandruff. <laughs> and it would have been great if he had been a spokesperson for Head and Shoulders. <laughs> I was like, hi, I'm Brad Dorif. But my name could have easily been Brad Dandruff. <laughs> Won't you join me as I buy this product at his shoulders? <laughs> Won't you join me? That's uh, how folks, people uh, <laughs> sponsoring a product. I'm about to buy this. Won't you join me? He has been in a ton. Well, one thing he's in is Eyes of Laura Mars. We got to cover that one day. Damn right. Kirshner yeah. and Carpenter together. This is why I should have kept notes is it already backfiring on me no gorley let's definitely put um eyes of laura Ma- mars on the next uh, what we watch an assorted okay, i mean maybe yeah. it could be yuppie nightmare it might be i'd have to look into it i can't remember um all right well we haven't covered exorcist 3 but we know we probably will at some point yeah. um, exorcist 3 what am i thinking of it's coming um well, and as we know, I mean, he might most be well known from uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, yeah. which I noticed um, a couple references. It's funny, he's doing, Chucky kind of has, it, it progresses more as the movies go on, if I re- recall. It gets a, even more Jack Nicholson-y, Chucky's voice. Oh, really? But it's funny that Brad Dorif is kind of doing a impression of his co-star from cuckoo's nest oh that is funny and then the other thing is the yeah the electromagnetic shock death brad dorif doing a voice that sounds like jack nicholson strapping into an electric magnetic chair like cuckoo's nest killing somebody what halloween 
He's in Zombies Halloween. That's cool. Oh, Matt, you're the best. Thank Pe- you for doing well, that. Well, people are probably screaming. Well, I- much like, you know, he played a cop character in those movies. Yeah. You, you are the, the cop detective for us right now. And you're he like, was, I've got to find the clues. <laughs> he was in Halloween 2, of course, as well. And I'm just making sure there wasn't anything else. And if I remember correctly, Brad Dorif was one of the few highlights of those zombie movies. I remember us going, Yes. We like Dorif because he, he, um, he can get kind of typecast as just like weirdo, fr- freaky weirdo people. Right. But what's cool in Halloween. It's a little bit of the Harry Dean Stanton and Pretty and Pink move of like guys who usually play creeps or something when they play like thoughtful dads. Yeah. It's, it's You're nice. getting two for one. Yeah. You are. Uh, so, yeah, Doref, welcome back, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like you never left. Welcome back to the fold. Now, Mal, what you said you had seen Child's Play before. Do, what's your memory of having watched that film? Uh, this came out in 88, so I was 15, and I don't think I saw this in the theater, so mm-hmm. it must have been, if I remember, it would have had to have been like with friends on video. And this would have been that kind of semi-sweet spot of I'm old enough not to be scared by this movie. Mm-hmm. Old enough to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I kind of got its campiness a little mm-hmm. bit. Although you could argue this movie, it really walks the line between seriousness and having a little fun. I feel like the rest of the movies are going to get a little more fun. Am I wrong about that? Yeah. Uh, yes. And like I said, I haven't seen four and five, but I know that's when they get from what I've heard that they become full fuller comedies as yeah. they go on. Yeah. But yeah, this one it's interesting. There are like moments where they could be really goofy and they're played as seriously as possible, even though that's still a little goofy. Like the scene when he's Chris Sarandon's driving the car, the <laughs> blades coming. Yeah. I mean, it's scary and weird, but it's also like if this was just done a T- a degree differently, it'd be the silliest thing in the. It'd be a I know. comedy scene. I yeah. know, and I, I think even at the time, I was kind of aware of like what, where does this fall? Which side does this fall mm-hmm. to? And it, it never really does. It just stays on that fence the whole time. Or, or if it, if it's about to teeter, it does something back the other way. Yeah, it ride the line, rides the line pretty well. But for that reason, also, I'm kind of never quite sure if I'm watching a comedy or a horror movie because also I watched part of it with Amanda and she yeah. she's younger and she was just yeah. like there was nothing scarier there was nothing scarier this movie never scared me although it had some yeah. good moments like especially in the beginning with Aunt Maggie and the little Chucky runs by in the background is that's great also the sound of Chucky's little pitter pat yeah feet is so and I great. love the Chucky cam yes it's really good Chucky cam the POV is really good yeah and, and then it's that- also great obviously because at the beginning you think it could be I mean, you don't really yeah. ever think, but like that it could be Andy because that's Andy's uh, height and perspective too. So and it, it's called Child's Play. So it's not like Chucky's in the zeitgeist at this point either. Right, yeah. right. Um, yeah, and it's in, when you saw it and you were kind of like, is this, where? what line is, is it right? I wonder too if like at the time when it came out, it's like uh, this is post Michael Jason and Freddie. Yeah. Um, like around this time, Freddie's, I guess, arguably kind of hitting his peak with like right. Nightmare 3 and 4. Where the other two are kind of. Yeah, starting out. to dwindle yeah. um, or be non existent with right. like Halloween 4. It's like the same year, right? 88 is that like crazy slasher year yeah. where all. 
right. all the boys are <laughs> out. Yeah. But uh, I would think like if you're watching, like it, it also starts like a cop action movie. I know. It's, it seems to be so like, um, like if this had come out just a few years earlier and was a different type of slasher movie, it would be, it does seem to be like writing a lot of lines. Is this scary? Is this slightly comedic? Is it a mystery? Is it a cop thriller? I mean, it's so funny that at that era of movies, 80s, I guess as a decade, it's always every seemingly any movie that didn't involve uh, uh, that wasn't for like families or something, it would be like, he's a cop. Yeah. Cop, cop. <laughs> this is a cop. His friend's a cop. He was a hardcore criminal who was a cop. I mean, how often did we hear when we were growing up, you would just be like, he's a good cop. I know. Listen, he's one of the best cops. <laughs> we got it. just like so funny. Like it seemed weird if you had a movie that was released like, yeah, of course, Turner and Hooch has to be about one part of it is a cop. The dog, he's a cop. He's a crooked cop with a conscience. <laughs> she is a dog <laughs> who's a cop. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I just feel like if this had been made a little later, a little earlier, you wouldn't open. I love it, but it's just like. No, you're it right. It opens with a toy store, like no. just. <laughs> There's no nothing scary about it. It's like seen out of Cobra. Yes. But part of that must be the development of it because this movie was originally conceived long before this even as a kind of satire on consumer culture. Right. And there was none of the voodoo element or anything right. like that, right? This is it what was, Brantley's notes uh, helped. Yes. Yeah. It was called um, originally called Batteries Not Included, and then Spielberg had that name. And so I love the second title. Blood uh, Brothers, right? Uh, Blood Buddy. Blood Buddy, that's right, yeah. And what's, uh, maybe it was Blood Brothers. And, and No, I think you're right. Uh, the thing in the notes, Brantley's notes, that really blew my mind. This did, he it came out around the same time, or the movie came out after the toy, but his idea for the movie predated my buddy. Right, which but not that, Cabbage Patch Kids, which was kind of the yes, impetus, right? Yeah. Uh, especially the kind of like, I can't get one. Yeah. They're so expensive. Right. Um, even though when he went to that toy store, there's like 20 boxes of Good Chucky point. dolls. Uh, I also noticed when he walks to the toy store, uh, Chris Sarandon, uh, after the explosion, he's walking through, there's a row of um, Cabbage Patch boxes that are turned the other way so you don't see the front. But if you look closely, you see a little. Do you think that was because were they sh they weren't shooting in an actual toy store, right? I mean, because this one seemed real or like that Christmas Evil or Silent Night, whichever one it was, takes place in a toy. It's, yeah, Silent Night, Deadly Night. This, this one gave a run for the money yeah. in terms of coolness of a toy store because I think Silent Night, Deadly Night gave us more access to looking at the labels <laughs> yeah. of boxes, which is very satisfying. It had more to do with the lockdown, boring <laughs> yes. cinematography, I think. Than but this one was definitely like cooler looking, like yeah. if you were a kid and like, you know, it just had like good art design. And then like, those neon signs in front, I would have just yes. vomited if I saw that in a good oh, way. Yes. The, uh, the letters Playland out front, um, if you had, yeah, one of those neon letters, just looking at one of them, I'd want to barf everywhere. Are we getting ahead of ourselves? We haven't even Logo Loco. Yes. Oh my gosh. We can't like jump into this without a, a Logo loco -y. Yeah. So this was, it's a United, MGM, United Artists. Yeah. And you get 
I don't know what version you may have seen, but it really was a real like lo-fi analog VHS looking thing. And then into the UA, the classic yep. UA. Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't get the classic UA. Oh, you didn't? Like Not the, the sinister one. Okay. But the like. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm glad they did that because if they had done the sinister one, I would be like, well, this is the peak I'm going to be scared of. This child's play <laughs> movie is the logo for United Artists. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's pretty quick and it feels a little like the, you know, when they, when 20th Century Fox doesn't have the full fanfare for their lesser j- genre oh, movies. Yeah. Kind of felt like, we're not going to give you the... F- well, that was the, the, that was the deal, right? That they uh, they had Rain Man out this year and they didn't really want to be kind of associated with this level of genre trash. But then it did so well after this that they, then Universal was like, okay... We'll put our... That's great, yes. Something like that. Yeah, it was in Bradley's notes. And also, this is... um, I bet it'll be in the subsequent notes. But I remember hearing a story from a few years ago um, that the the Child's Play notes got moved from MGM UA to Universal through uh, Spielberg. The Child's Play notes? Uh, The the Child's Play uh, franchise, the legal... Uh, through Steven Spielberg's connection with Universal is then through the whoever was owning Child's Play was like I'll help you get to Spielberg did that yep oh how nice um uh so it transferred from there which is in uh, but the Rain Man being like their last best picture the last time I've uh, or heard Rain Man best picture was when um Licorice Pizza came out and got nominated for best picture it was like. Oh, the last time an MGM movie was nominated for Best Picture was Rain Man. Seriously? So Chucky was like the canary in the coal mine, I guess, of them being like, hey, uh, no more Best Picture winners. I mean, not even a nominee, which is Oh, my God. Yeah. For a studio, that was probably the most prestige of Jeez. movie studios, churning out the highest caliber movies back in the day. But... um. I saw a post, a billboard for Child's Play 2 when I went to Universal Studios theme park when it opened in 1990. Now we're talking. And they had this kind of like quasi working stage facility and we have billboards up for upcoming movies. And I remember I saw a billboard for Child's Play 2 that said, sorry, Jack, uh, Chucky's back. And I like turned to my parents who I know had seen, sorry, Jack is so funny because it's like, I'm Jack? Yeah, is that what they meant? I is it because you sound like Jack Nicholson? Are you talking to yourself? <laughs> or is he saying to Jack Nicholson, sorry, Jack, I'm using your voice again because Chucky's back. Yeah, that's a weird um, slogan. But my parents had already seen Child's Play by that point. And you know when you're a kid and it's like, ooh. Um, well, this for me, it was like, I get to talk about movies and have a connection with my parents who I love. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> It was like, Mom, Dad, John Play 2. <laughs> We're talking movies and I get your attention and love. Okay, settle down, Jack. <laughs> it's He's true. Talking to me. It's true. Settle down, Jack. Chucky's back. <laughs> um, what? So, do you have any um, connections with this? I, this UA logo is a little. It's an in betweener for me, frankly. Yep, yep. And I honestly don't care for it. 
Fuck this loco. Yeah. And when we get Child's Play 2, we'll get that choice summer of 1990 um, oh. uh, 75th anniversary version of the Universal logo. So we're in for a real treat, wow. I think, with these next Nowhere two. to go but up. That's true. I mean, I uh, the only way this could get worse is if in Child's Play 2 it opened with, like, what, the embassy logo i'm just and trying then, to think of some fucking real pitiful in memory of mom a real doer <laughs> i mean that's up too that's, that's a very up, up there as well yeah uh and then soon after the logo logo is um some 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 title credits yeah with the lowercase eyes did you notice that little child's play what why is that i lowercase why is it why is the I in Dorif lowercase? I don't know. But everything else is capital? Yeah. I did not notice Maybe that. Maybe that's where Steve Jobs got the idea. Oh, the he's sitting I Chucky. Opening weekend. He's like, I'm a big whore hound. I can't wait for this new <laughs> horror movie. Oh, lowercase eyes. I like it. Is it just yeah, that's interesting. Like, because the the font isn't anything special, but they wanted some trademark look. I guess, I guess. I'm glad that they didn't do the like hack backwards letter to of a show. Kid. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's their kind of like stylish way of being a kid writing it. It's right. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, but I do like the font of it. It's very classy. Yeah, and, and cool. Um, the uh, um. For some reason, I remembered or misremembered Chris Sarandon being bad in this. Like he was going, the twist was going to be that he was kind of another criminal. I mean, I think his acting isn't great in this. Yeah. Uh, why, like, uh, you thought he had some sort of turn? I thought he was trying to kill Brad Dourif for some reason that was sinister or something. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why I'm, I remembered it that way. It's funny, though, that he's not, he, he doesn't ever fully become love interest, though, either. No, it's, there's no, this is a sexless movie. Yes. I question why this movie actually is even rated R. Uh, Other than like burning Chucky, but it's not yeah. even a human. I mean,. Yeah, because his he's got a potty mouth, but it stays oh, on the that's level true. of uh, of um, PG thirteen. I guess they have one more than one fuck in there, though. Okay, so if Chucky maybe cleaned up his act, his mouth a little bit. Um, I mean the 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 no, it's not like I want him to be a romantic there to be a romantic subplot. What I really love. Um, oh, and let's not. I I really 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 like this first child's play movie. I, oh, I, I do too. Yeah. 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 We yeah. buried the lead. Yes. Yes. Uh, we buried the, hmm, what's a toy word that starts with L. Oh, uh, uh, we buried the led lights. That that's really good. <laughs> In light brights. They're, they're not led lights. Uh, uh, I, 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 uh, really like this movie, but why was I saying that in regards to Chris? Rand? Oh, he- Oh, Oh, I was just going to say that. Um, this movie's like 87 minutes oh, long. And I looked at some of the future ones. They're pretty short too. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's, uh, that's, no, but that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, sign me up. Uh, but I do feel like, well, there probably was a scene shot where there is more romance between them mm, or there's yeah. more. And then Brantley's notes tease this out that there was an original cut that was like a half hour extra long right. and they cut it down. I love that this movie is so streamlined. No scenes are ever about anything but sort of like. Yeah. 
is Chucky or Andy killing? And once we know it's Chucky, then what are we going right. to do about it? Is Chris um, Sarandon related to Susan Sarandon? Okay, buddy, strap in. This is some great trivia. I didn't know if you knew this. Let me get my trivia buckle on. Susan Sarandon, her first husband was Chris Sarandon. And she kept his name. She kept his name because it sounds so effing cool. Of course you would keep it. Susan Sarandon. Chris Sarandon gave her a, a wonderful gift with that last I wonder name. if they had a contentious breakup and then she went on to take his name to greater fame than he ever could. He uh, should have taken her maiden name. What is, which is? Sarandos. <laughs> no, I wonder Sarandon what... and she was Susan Saran just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> Susan Saran Dunaway. Susan Saran Dunaway. That was like the fly combination of Susan Sarandon and Faye Dunaway. Both great actors. Bonnie and Flyed. (laughs) Just stay with us, listeners. We'll get there. Just stay with us. Remember that scene at the end of Bonnie and Flyed when you think they're going to get away and then a big fly swatter comes down and. Slaps them down. Um, the uh, uh, yeah. So uh, when I first found that out a few years ago, I mean that was maybe on the level of finding out that Shirley MacLaine and Warren Beatty are brother and sister. You know. When, oh, what? I didn't. I just know gave that. you a little precious gift. Is that a secret? Why wouldn't that be talked about more? I did not know that. Well, it's very cool, Shirley MacLaine. Broke through first, then Warren Beatty soon after her. I think because of each of the... I mean, first of all, Mr. and Mrs. McLean or Beatty, good on you. Right. Your two children are star of stars. And not just like shit stars. They're like real deal, like have talent to back up the stardom. Yeah, for sure. Um, But my hunch is that why you don't hear it much is because each of them have... Huge egos. Yeah. And Shirley McLean doesn't want to give up some of her stardom to be like, yes, my brother Warren is also a giant star too. And he doesn't want to seem like he wrote her coattails. He wrote her coattails. Yeah. Wow. Do you know Luke and Leia are sister and brother? (laughs) (laughs) What if at the end of Jedi they were like Luke and Leia and Shirley McLean and Michael and Jamie? Michael and Jamie. I mean, Michael and Lori. Yes. Do you think if there was no empire, um, well, we never, you know, I know John Carpenter says in Halloween 2, he was inspired by the Vader reveal. Yeah. But then it's funny then that Jedi kind of then double did the sibling. Oh, you're right. Richard Marquand was a huge Halloween 2 fan. He was like, he's Let a me big Rosenthal head. The best sequel. <laughs> Do you want me to get you Godfather Part 2? No! What are you talking about? Well, how about Empire Strikes Back? I mean, that one's sitting right in front of you. Never seen it! Not gonna watch it! Don't want to be influenced! (laughs) Give me Halloween 2. Brilliant! I'll do it. Um, Yeah, the... uh, And then the other (laughs) actors in this, as long as we're talking, Sarandon. There's also Catherine Hicks. Yeah, she's really good. Really like Catherine Hicks in this. Um, and then, um, but behind the camera, let's talk about, now, I don't know if you know this, 
But the writer, co-writer, director is somebody who's the real deal, Tom Holland. The Spider-Man actor. He, no, that's Tom. Tom I, I was confused too. Tom, Tom Holland is another British actor though. Yeah, there's a lot of Todd Tom. Tom Hollander. Tom, yeah. Sorry. Um, and is Tom Holland get, Spider-Man? Who? Um, that, yeah, The yes. new Spider-Man? Um, yes, there's a Tom Holland who's Spider-Man. Spider-Man the Tom 2, Holland that I care about is the Tom Holland who wrote Psycho 2. That's this guy? Yeah. Okay, wow. And uh, he's awesome. Uh, he's directed a lot of... Um, I mean, my buddy, did you know that he co-wrote one of our faves, Cloak and Dagger? Oh. We've we've got to get to that movie soon. Yes. Matt Fraction, guest of the show, friend of the show, was emailing. We were going back and forth oh, about that movie. Does Fraction love uh, yeah. cloaks yeah. and dags? He loves cloaking. He loves dagging. Oh, well, we got to get Fraction on here to talk Fraction, some cloak and dags. Fraction back to talk some cloak. Maybe that'll be... I think we did get a sound off from the listeners that they like the commentaries, but wouldn't mind... Um, a discussion? A discussion here and yeah. there. And we did it with Krull. And for the Patreon, maybe we'll do Cloaks e, e Dags. Yeah, you know, we never have any hard, fast rules here. Yeah. But uh, I was thinking just now, maybe if we ever do discussions that are um, not for the regular thing, it is a movie that's not necessarily straight up horror. It is the Krulls and it is the Cloaks and Daggers. Yeah, you're right. Or the... I mean, maybe someday we don't just stick with a commentary for Mr. Mom. We have a full... I think we have discussion. to, and annually, at least. You know, Cloak and Dagger's got a very blatant homage to Rear Window, so there is a, a horror element. Also, there's this oh. f- person missing fingers. Well, the person who uh, directed it is this guy, Richard Franklin, who directed Psycho 2 and Ward Ga- War Game- uh Not War Games, Road Games, and he's a full... Hitchcock aficionado. He uh, uh, at UCLA brought in Hitchcock to um, talk with students. And then when he made Psycho 2, he went into the archives of the original Psycho and looked up all of the stuff that they had in the vault so he could perfectly, like, uh, oh my God. Running parallel with like Brian De Palma is like a guy who's like in the early 80s was like, I love Hitchcock and I'm going to make movies in his mold. And then he found this really cool, great collaborator in these early movies with Tom Holland, who, um, you know, uh, so just so people know, Tom Holland uh, wrote, co wrote and directed Child's Play, co wrote Psycho 2 and Cloak and Dagger, directed, wrote and directed Fright Night, um, which I like. Um, I haven't seen but I know it since. some people really love. Yeah, I haven't seen it since it came out. Um, and then um, wrote and directed Thinner, the Stephen mm. King. Um, but Brantley's notes actually il- helped illuminate something for me because when I was watching this, I did think the structure is a lot like, or the the main kind of whatever is like a lot like Psycho Two. Because mm. what's the fun of Psycho Two when you watch it, if you remember, is kind of like you don't know if Norman is really killing or if there's somebody else killing. Right. And so then when Brantley said that the original script for Child's Play 
which um, we got to really give all credit where credit's due because this person um, came up with the whole premise, right? And then um, has carried the franchise forward. Um, that would be Don Mancini. Yeah. Um, but uh, Brantley's notes said Don Mancini's original version was sort of cool. It was like the blood buddy thing was like they were blood brothers. Andy and Chucky. Andy and Chucky, right. And then they did this kind of like psychic voodoo or hookup where Chucky then expressed Andy's id. Because he was being bullied and this was maybe even a kind of metaphor for Mancini's experience being homosexual mm -hmm. and facing off bullies. And now I have to say, I love Child's Play, but I think I would want to see that more. Uh, me too. Yeah. And I think that bears out the thing that's like really frustrating about parts two and three for me. I like watching them because they look crazy and stuff and you get to see Chucky talk a lot. But they keep having to go back to this formula of the like, is he really doing it? It's so frustrating uh, yeah. because by that point, you you know, that's why I paid my ticket is because I know that this doll is killing right. people. So it gets locked into this like thing for parts two and three that if the first one had been about... Chucky connects to your id and kills for you, like the brood, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, the sequels would have been, like, I think far more interesting. I agree. And you can see the seams on the redevelopment because I think all the fun and the meat is there in this oh. movie. And then there's just a couple of moments where they're like, it's the voodoo thing. So it's when Brad Dourif does the transformation into Chucky and then they go to this benevolent voodoo master and you got to just you got to do this chant and kill his heart yeah. and all this stuff. And, and it, it doesn't it, seem part of this world. Right. And it sounds like Don Mancini doesn't like that. Doesn't like the, the voodoo uh, stuff that was put I, in because yeah. he was kind of like, it's an extra thing on That's what exactly. his note yeah. said. It's like weird that Chucky makes a voodoo doll at some point. Cause then it's like, well, if you wanted to hurt everybody, why don't you just make voodoo dolls for or, or whatever? Yeah. It's, like, it's just enough for a doll to be alive, it's, you don't need the voodoo world involved in that. A hat on a hat, as they, yeah, as they say. Yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, the, 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 um, when, so the fact that that was supposed to be the original premise, now it explains what Tom Holland did was he brought his kind of Psycho 2 mm. brain to this. And it's really good for a first child's play movie. The, like that first half of kind of being like, oh my God. His shoe size is the same size. He could have stepped on the counter and uh, uh, he is the same height as the killer. Um, but once you see Chucky turn on the stove with his little plastic hand <laughs> in the middle of the movie, you're like, okay, yeah. it's a doll. Uh, 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 now it's everybody else's going to, are they going to catch up to it or not? But. I can't imagine watching this movie. I would love it knowing nothing. It's just called Child's Play. And really having a moment to wonder, is this Andy doing this? Because even when this movie came out, you just know that it's Chucky. It's mm -hmm. in all the advertising. Everybody's talking about it. It's a killer doll. So there's never a moment of, is this Andy? Is it the Norman Bates? Yes. Sinning again. Kind yeah. Of thing. yeah. Exactly. When we were saying like the seams kind of show from the change, the seams also seem to show like with... Um, it's easier to think of this originally as like all from a child's kind of 
point of view, things get a little kind of mucky when they have to like jump now over to the mom's perspective. Yeah. Because there is a movie that's more about a divorce or a widower mom raising her kid. And from her point of view, she's trying to figure out uh, is my son the killer or not? But because you get like this kind of big hunk of Andy at the apartment with the babysitter, which is awesome. Yeah. But the mom kind of falls to the wayside. So you're like, well, I know more than the mom. I'm not like trapped in her. Yeah. Like, but when I was watching it, that sort of like, Oh, and the mom gets in this jam eventually too, where she's not being believed, but it, the kind of, it didn't make me think this is more in alignment with like Rosemary's baby or something Uh, like this Gothic urban city apartment building and like Candyman even too. Yeah. 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 I mean, this predates a Candyman with like predicting uh, this thing of like in the projects, there's uh, a world of voodoo or something going on. Um, But uh, do you like the voodoo stuff? I mean, I think it's like actually cool. I do. Yeah. I like this. In the first scene when he goes into Chucky, you are a little bit like, what? Brad Dorif is a voodoo guy? He's like just yeah. wearing a like tweed t- trench coat. I know he's kind of long-haired and crazy, but it doesn't connect that well. Yeah. Then when you get to the, the voodoo guy it's that they go visit, I like that part. Yeah. And I, I ex- fully expected him to be kind of part of the – criminal underworld with Brad Dourif instead of like this master who was actually trying to teach him good. That was something I really liked. Yeah. Unexpected. I didn't expect him to die. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. There's no indications in the beginning. He's kind of dressed like this sort of like slick, thin-tied criminal. That's why it feels so foisted on there. Like they just plugged in those two scenes and went, that fixes it. Yes. I wonder how close to production they made that change. Mm Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. there's three screenwriters on this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the fact that there's like little, um, like it's not a, a, a gripe or whatever, but it is like, um, it, it because what's great about it is that it's so like shaved to the bone that the movie's so short. Yeah. But there's stuff just like when uh, he goes, well, that toy store is where uh, I killed Charles Lee Ray. And the mom doesn't, they don't have her go, oh, my kid said Charles Lee, right? It then yeah. takes like four minutes and then she's in the front of his car and goes like, well, now I know Charles Lee Ray is in my doll. Yeah. And that's fine. But what it kind of robs us of is the moment in Chris Sarandon's eyes where he hears her say, my kid just said the, like, that's a huge kind of pivotal thing exactly i think it's uh, because of this kind of like when is it voodoo when did he it's yeah and and like you were saying earlier about how the opening scene is kind of an action movie i think it would be better served though it would make it a little longer to see james lee roy if he's a serial killer which i think they they say yeah but he's stalking and they killing go, he's someone. the lakeside killer yeah but you're like he seems more like a bank robber i know or yeah i think if we saw a cold open of him yeah ki- like killing someone with a knife in a slasher sort of oh, way yeah and then the cop stumbles upon him and then this chase ensues you like, have more of a I, like that's part of the things i always know chucky's just inhabited by a kind of criminal criminal as opposed yeah. to a killer yep and he's just out. He's out for logical criminal 
uh, purposes instead survival. of just wanting to kill. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah it's yeah. all about survival rather than like bloodlust, which is actually what makes Freddy and Michael and Jason is kind of like that they enjoy killing. He's yes. doing it as kind of like a. I mean, it's a so means funny to that an end. There's some yeah, or sometimes it's like revenge. Like it's so yeah. funny that like he doesn't like that the babysitter picked him up roughly twice. <laughs> She's gonna have to pay for that. I so it's like wait, that. so you're you're getting back at your old criminal enterprise buddies uh, who screwed you over and also uh, a babysitter I who gra- I mean, he's me so too. petty. He's so petty, he's so fragile. I also like, just love when it's like uh oh, she picked up <laughs> Chucky too hard. She's gonna get him. His threshold is so low that those things become equal. Like someone <laughs> betrayed him and ruined his life and then someone picked him up twice in a kind of ungentle way and it's like they're all gonna pay for what they've done well but it, it so feeds into uh when you're a kid the fantasy you have of like i'm not i can't be rough with me yeah gosh. they have feelings yeah. so uh when you're watching it you're like uh damn right she should be nicer to my doll and as a kid if you're ever mistreated even the smallest way you you have extreme emotions about it i mean even yeah. the way that andy starts beating up on um was it, is it chucky at one point where he's yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, early on mm-hmm. yeah uh well then then you know with don mancini Having written this, I think it while he was in college, twenty one. Uh, uh, again, like uh, if these movies had been more from the like the conception told from a kid's point of view, yeah, it is interesting to think that it's like, well, actually, Don Mancini's probably as a twenty one year old is closer, yeah, to the nine years ago experience of being a kid who, yes, in the uh, his dad marketed toys and uh uh i'm sure don mancini remembers growing up and pouring his old cereal and going and watching tv like oh that's that cereal. stuff is so rich in this movie more so than i'm a cop who yeah. killed a killer and now he's you know i want to talk about that cereal there are pieces in there that are like three inches long of like humanoid figures of cereal worms <laughs> like four-limbed people it's incredible there are like eight types of mixed cereal in that one good guy's cereal it's incredible yeah what do you think uh do you think it was um we, we get cereal from another box and put it in the box or this is like they made their own cereal and it's kind of like both formed i think both they put you know like some tricks with some captain crunch and some uh lucky charms but then they're like we got to make something and they really are there's like two inch size little humanoid things that I mean, that's a whole spoonful. Maybe it's just the toys that fell in. The it, toy didn't, in the it looked like part of the cereal. I have a quick question. You yeah. know how like they did Jason versus Freddy? If they were going to do Chucky versus someone. Oh. Problem Child? Uh, that- same uh, company. Problem Child 2 came out. Or Problem Child came out the same summer. as. Uh, what were you going to say? Well, I hadn't thought about the versus element. It was just when I was watching Child's Play last night, it did make me think of another movie that was close to it that i was like oh just now when you brought up i'm like they could be a good adversary a gremlin oh yeah gremlin versus chucky gremlin versus chucky now it has to be one gremlin i don't think it's a fair fight for chucky to have to face a bunch of gremlins yeah what do you think is an ideal versus well there's also magic the doll (laughs) yeah that marionette or uh, what do you call it (laughs) 
Uh, <clears throat> um, 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 not a hand puppet, but uh, are they marionettes? They're not marionettes. Marionettes hang by string. What yeah. are they called? Ventriloquist. Dummy. Ventriloquist. Yes. Yeah, I have to pee. Oh yeah. Uh, um, uh, Chuck P. Yeah. Hey, we're going back just for this one. We're yeah, gonna take Chuck to, P. Hey, fuck P. With There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. With and Well, if you're just joining us again, we're in the middle of a conversation about clear and present danger in Patriot Games. The, uh, what's the most preferred or beloved Tom Clancy adaptation? With Harrison Ford. With Harrison Ford. Because I, I guess it's Hunt for October. Uh, if you don't have the Harrison Ford yeah. element to it, people's probably favorite one is Hunt for October. Right? Yeah, probably. It's but then not... with Harrison Ford, you're saying... And then there's Ben Affleck and Chris Pine and... John Krasinski too. That's right. Uh, I'm gonna make an argument, like much like Tarzan. I think that character is just of a specific time and place. Mm, it yeah. only could really maybe, yeah, be in a feature film. You know, oh, some, there's it, a reason the Ben Affleck one. People don't really. I think want to see. I it. think it had to go to Amazon Prime, which is now the home of, and this is with no judgment because some of it I've really enjoyed, dad action drama like Bosch Reacher. Oh, and it's eventually going to be James Bond. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and and I think action. especially it's the Clancy dude. stuff's got like a kind of jingoistic conservative tone. Oh, sure, it, yeah. Know? That's why I was thinking like maybe that could only exist as a movie in that time. Like it's so funny because uh, yeah, Clear and Present Danger is basically like, what if I had <laughs> to deal with a fucking president like Bill Clinton? It doesn't let me go in and yeah. do what I have to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're saying, I think the general consensus is that clear and present danger is the better of the two. That seems to be what I always hear, but I'm a Patriot Games man myself. <laughs> and what do you like about Patriot Games? I think I also saw it in the theater and I just love the setting of England, Ireland, and the IRA story mm-hmm. of it all, even though it's not very sympathetic. <laughs> well, actually, I think it does... Do okay. I just I don't know. I adore I think it also that movie. Be exciting. It's the first real deal action movie 
with Harrison Ford, that's not Indiana Jones. Yeah. So if I was just sitting in the theater in 1992 and I'm getting to see an R-rated right. Harrison Ford action movie, I'd oh. be like, this is the best. You're not kidding. Because what did he go and do after Star Wars and Indy? He went straight to the mos- Mosquito, took mm. one first class ticket to the Mosquito Coast. Yeah. Then he went frantic. Then he went totally frantic. And then he was presumed innocent. <laughs> And then he, uh, w- we had to regard him as Henry for a we while. We had to regard him as Henry because he witnessed some things. <laughs> and but none of them get as actiony as Indiana Jones does until he became Jack Ryan, and then had to start yeah. swinging some punches. And then it peaked maybe with Air Force One, and then went over, jumped the shark into Seven Days and Seven Nights and Hollywood to Homicide. And yeah, I remember when I saw Firewall on the theater yeah. and thinking like. I don't believe that he could punch that guy into that wall anymore. Is that the Paul sad. Bettany or the Josh Hartnett one? That's the Paul Bettany okay. one. Okay. Hartnett is Hartnett's Homicide. Hollywood Hartnett. Hollywood Hartnett. Ho- Hollywood Hartnett Homicide. Uh, a lot of people are on the internet. I'm on the Hartnett. <laughs> There's the dark web, the internet, and the <laughs> Hartnett. And it has terrible bedhead. <laughs> <laughs> so, just long story short. Yeah. The reason this came up is because, can we say... Oh yes, that's that. That's not why I was. I know, up. I know, but I'm going to make okay. it happen because this fucking thing <laughs> should be on regular rotation. And I've only heard the first twenty seconds. Uh, Don't stop or we'll die has a new song from our Saga Week podcast called Mind Racer, where we sample the dialogue from Clear Present Danger, amongst other movies. But. Now, should we say go seek it out, or should we say listen at the end of this episode for the full song or for a taste? Oh, or? we could put the song at the end of the episode. Okay. Sure, and listen for it like here. It, they, they just up over to the pod. Uh, Hell yes. Sure. That's yeah. nice of you, Matt. Thank oh, you. It's not. Are you kidding? This is, our, first of all, this is our show. That's right. That's right. And that's second right. of all, this whole podcast has been in service of you just finding out about our bands. Yes. Don't no. stop. We'll it die for me like and Townland for you. Yeah, that's no, a, that's, that's a all joke. we're doing. Um, you know, when you were mentioning the verses and it made me think of old Mikey Myers never got a verses. There was yeah. maybe some half rumblings of it after Freddy versus Jason, but I don't think they were real. But, Oh. oh, well, who's in his I remember hearing like group. Ash, which is like- Ash? From, from Evil Dead. Oh, right. Stuff like that. I thought that. you were going to say Ash from Aliens. And I'm, or Aliens. <laughs> like Ian Holm against Michael Myers? All right, yeah. Ooh, a baby xenomorph. Not the tear, but the uh, could be a good adversary yeah. for- Like a freshly popped out through the chest xenomorph yeah. would be a good adversary for Chucky. Yeah. But the Michael Myers of it all made me think of- the Child's Play franchise seems to be a little bit shaped like the um, Halloween. If, if there's a comparison we have to make, it's like the first three are sort of relative to the rest of the franchise, like bam, bam, bam. Mm-hmm. Uh, Child's Play 1, 2, 3. Yeah. Halloween 1, 2, 3. Then there's kind of this drought, uh-huh. long stretch. And then by the end of a decade, they bring it back with the fourth Child's Play movie or fourth Halloween movie. Mm -hmm. And then after it comes back, it's kind of then perennial. Right. Like, it's funny how, like, Nightmare on Elm Street's basically like, bam, 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 bam. Right. Totally peters out. And then then Friday the 13th's kind of this wobbly thing. It's just weird when, like, whatever wave or whatever studio at that moment needed to have, like, financial security and release. Yeah. Um, It is weird that franchises... They have to, there has to be enough momentum in those first three movies, usually to carry them either through a drought of no movies or a 
dearth of quality movies, and certain franchises have. So Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare, mm-hmm. Chucky. But like your Children's of the Corn, your Hellraisers, they yeah. keep going, but they're, if anything, they're like, they don't have the escape velocity and they sink back into the sun as opposed to like yes. get out of the atmosphere of the black hole or whatever it is. That's right. And maybe if there wasn't as if there wasn't as much weight to them because they're so prolific, they would be able to ascend every once in a while. But it's yeah. been like it's hard to expect a new Children of the Corn movie to ascend when it's got like the baggage of like eight straight to DVD yeah. uh, straight to video. Could you imagine if they did a Children of the Corn movie now, but completely tied into the canon (laughs) of the A and expected you, not only expected you to know it, but also it's an hour and a half long movie, but the first hour and 25 minutes is pure exposition. I mean, that's, we love horror fans, of course. We are them, but uh, that's one of my favorite qualities to a horror fan is when they so sincerely believe, (laughs) like, so the next Friday the 13th movie... Are they going to bring Tommy Jarvis back? Yeah. It's like, guys, no. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine no. anybody going to a new Friday the 13th movie? They're like, the first plot point we're going <laughs> to figure <laughs> out is what happened oh. to the Jarvis family. This is what drives me crazy about new Star Wars is that people are now expecting all the animated series and everything to to adhere. And I know it's canon in the larger space yeah. of things, but just give me the movie canon. I don't want to have to know who's yep. in Rebels. I don't want to know what a Ezra is. I've heard it's great. I'm sorry, it's my fault. But <laughs> no, I uh, like I didn't. You're better than Ezra. I, I happen. I am better than Ezra. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, I happen to know that legendary story of Darth Maul crawling out of a junk heap and building fake legs after <sighs> he survived from Phantom Menace in a comic i believe than maybe the cartoon but when he shows up in solo most people don't know that and frankly i don't want to be reminded that i should have known that (laughs) and also knowing the behind the scenes story of that and they didn't know who they just knew they needed some heavy boss cameo there and there were multiple ideas as to who it was going to be and they put it in darth maul like late after the movie was even shot i mean this is the big argument of the the George Lucas diehards is like diehards. Uh, <laughs> George Lucas is doing oh, a new diehard movie. Oh my God. The diehard fans of like George Lucas, uh, the people who are like die by the prequels. Is yeah, what I'm saying. Right. When Force Awakens came out, they did their dirty little business of saying, "Ooh, practical effects." We're snide, we're being shitty to the prequels. Uh-huh. Read between the lines. We're shitting on the prequels. Right? Yeah. Don't worry. We're not going to make them like the prequels. And uh, I have some friends who are prequel heads. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like, look at that. Old Disney Plus had to come back around and put Darth Maul into Solo. Yeah. They had to go and now make uh, Ewan McGregor as uh, Obi-Wan. George Lucas might have had some right ideas. Like you got to fair know. enough if it's based on the movies, even the prequels. I'll handle it. I'm just saying, there's too much research now. You have to do. Well, my feeling too is just like you guys found a way to make Star Wars not special anymore. I know there really was a time with you that. had to wait three years to get the next Star Wars movie. Maybe I said this in an episode. I like Star Trek too, but it is like now it's just like TV Star Trek. It's like 
the new Voyager, the new Deep Space Nine, whatever. It's just like, it's not special anymore. No, and it, especially <laughs> this late Star Wars stuff is real television. I don't mean like it's real television. It's just very television-y that really makes it feel like not I, visionary I don't, I don't sit down yeah. to watch it. I watch it while I'm watching my daughter and I am prioritizing watching my yeah. daughter, you know, yeah. it's, that's when did you bummer. ever think you could put on, well, you, you put on Jedi now, return of the Jedi and you can't have, you could try, but you can't have it on the background. You see it a hundred times. You're eventually going to want to, I'll neglect my daughter completely. And we have open Sarlacc pits Crumb in our house. Jabba's tail wag. <laughs> I do too. God damn it. I'm not going to miss that. Oh my God. Um, the, uh, you know, with the, um, the trajectory of the sequel to, uh, I liked what you were saying, kind of like, can it get out of the atmosphere? Yeah. Does it have enough launching power? And you kind of got to use it at that point. There's three mid eighties juggernaut Ooh. movies yeah. that delayed too long in their sequels <gasps> at around the same time and all kind of paid the Let price. Let me for guess. It. Ghostbusters. Yep. Ghostbusters 84 to 89. Yeah. Gremlins? Gremlins, 84 to 90, were the breaks between the sequels. Can you think of the other? Now, it's not 84 to 89. It's 85 to 89. Uh, first it's in not, 85, sequel in 89. Can you it's not Munchies to Munchie. <laughs> okay. Um, Most people, I think, would guess that. They would say, is it Munchies to Munchie? <laughs> It's not Back to the Future. It is. But didn't part two and three go gangbusters? Um, uh, I l my favorite trilogy is Back to the Future, so I'm not going to be too snotty about it. But I think <laughs> lightning in a bottle. Yeah, so I mean, I agree. Is with less this. captured because they didn't make the sequels in '87. I see. Yeah, like yeah, I know what you mean. Too much time had passed. Yeah, you either gotta kind of do it quickly on the heels, or wait a really long time so it's an event. But yep. you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah, and and I think it's also too when the age group. It's basically like if new kids on the block waited four years for their follow up, and now yeah. they're all their fans are like four years older. And like, yeah. I don't care. Like yeah. a Gremlins fan who is ten. You maybe would have gotten them right at fourteen when they're too still too cool to go. Like, but yeah. you know, it's uh, live free or die hard. That's another franchise that got sucked back into the black hole. Yeah, even though it was looking strong, I watched Die Hard three the other day. If they really, um, too many people lost their um, their fastball. After Die Hard 3. Too many Bothans died. Too many to bring us this Die Hard, <laughs> Live Free or Die Hard. Um, I did log and transcribe the behind the scenes footage for the DVD commentaries on Live Free or Die Hard, Matt. So you I got did. to see how that movie was put together on the set. Oh, did you see cool. stuff other people didn't see? Oh, sure. Like, what? what's the inside scoop? Who hated who? Uh, I just got to see what, a, a dynamic between... Maggie Q and Maggie, Justin Long. Uh, you know, when you say Maggie Q, it's funny because there's a, like a kind of a complicated moment where like Maggie Q gets like really kind of beat up. Yeah. 
And when you watch it, if you were seeing it on opening weekend, you're like, I don't like that shit. Yeah. That shouldn't be in this movie. Because I had watched the making of, I felt like Live Free or Die Hard was my movie. So I remember afterwards seeing that with friends. We were like, that was kind of weird when Maggie Hugh was like, I think it was. I was like, why am I defending? Like, I'm so drank the Kool-Aid. Um, I don't hate that movie. You know um, I don't live for your time. Me neither. Yeah. It, it, when I went to Russia or whatever, it, yeah. it's basically when Good John McClane became the complete opposite of what his appeal was. With 100%. that, he's a valuable person who gets glass in his feet and has to pull them out. Now becomes somebody who can play. He basically becomes one of the bureaucratic crab apples from the early movies. Right. He becomes the principal from Breakfast Club by the end. Yeah. yeah, yeah or yeah. Fred Thompson, Senator Fred Thompson. From part two. <laughs> oh my God. Die Hard 2 has Fred Thompson and Dennis Franz. Yeah. That's... And Robert Patrick. Oh my God. Just a complete load of dicks. <laughs> um, and Colm Meany. Who's that? Um, I don't know. He's one of the pilots, but you he, know who he is. He's in um, Con Air. Is he the oh like, okay the whore, asshole bureaucrat or whatever that's racing John Cusack? I don't know what the hell's going uh, on. There. You know, he was it, in a Star Trek, wasn't he? Sure, he was. Yeah, yeah. I mean they all uh, are a degree away. Yeah. Um, the uh, um, oh oh um, uh, this I don't know what it reminded me of this, but uh, uh, I alluded to it before the in the toy store. Did you see the board game for uh, Fireball Island? <gasps> no. All I could see was the Milton and Bradley chess and checkers set, but yes. Fireball Island, that's the big 3D mountain that it rolls yeah. down, right? We got to get this and we got to get quicksand and we got to oh, have a slumber I have party. Fireball <gasps> That was a total rosebud sled for me. It was like I won it when I was a kid, couldn't get it, oh. bought it like seven years ago. Uh, and... Uh, Friends who have kids come over, they've come over and play it. So it's not just like oh, a shit. indulgence of an adult. Like, did you buy a vintage one or did you buy? Yeah, a, they're still are they still? They don't make it. it oh, buy a vintage. And there's so many pieces. It's really difficult to find a set that has all the pieces. <sighs> but my friend um, had Fireball Island. I loved it. I don't normally like board games, Gourley. Um, like uh, because it's. You and some friends seated, focused on beating each other. It's just like it never has any fun for me, even as an yeah. adult. I can't get excited. But Fireball When, when you put it that way, I see what you're saying. <laughs> Way to take the fun I, out of a game, I Lusty. love board games, but I see what you're saying. It's also... I had to be the center of attention when I was with my group of friends. Yeah. I'm like, wait, the game is the center of attention? No, 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 no fellas. Uh, something without a soul, much <laughs> less my soul, wit, charm. Without a twinkle in its eye. <laughs> um, but uh, I did love Fireball Deluxe because it was like you got to be in a movie. You were basically like in an Indiana Jones game. Yeah. Um, and uh, so my uh, quick story, my friend had it and we would play it when we'd go over to his house. At one time, he got excited, and he went to sit down, and the chair kind of moved, and he fell back and fell on his butt, or maybe tapped his head or something. And his mom- And he died. He died, and we dedicated the game. <laughs> we buried Fireball Island with him. Uh, 
his 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 mom who we love she was a just a great mom and you know you go over to her house she played fireball island with you it was great um when it happened she laughed and i laughed and my friend didn't like (laughs) that his mom was laughing at him and his friend was laughing at him and i remember kind of tears in his eyes and his voice shaking. Oh. He said, this is like third grade, so this is very much stable. I'll get you if it's a he went, you didn't even ask if I was okay. Oh. So when I heard that, and I saw his mom just like switch. She was like, yeah. oh, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have laughed. We were laughing because it just seemed funny, but if you're hurt, you know. Um, and But I remember hearing that, and I'm like, that is a good line. I'm going to use that. Next time I want to make somebody feel guilty for laughing, (laughs) right? So cut to like a year and a half later, I'm at a cabin up in Minnesota fishing with my dad and his cousins. No moms, no sisters, all men. He man, woman haters club. Yes. And I'm there. I'm the only kid. It's all like grown men. Wow. And must have just sprung into puberty right there from all the... No, retreated into preview buses. I'm walking on a dock. Something gets stuck on my leg and I start to shake it off. And as I'm shaking it off, I kind of like fall off the dock, but not into the lake, kind of like on the ground or something. And my dad's cousin Al laughs. My dad laughs. Oh, no. I'm so embarrassed and humiliated. Adult males laughing too. This is Oof. This is hard. Oof. But I got a line in my back oh, pocket, Gorley. Oh, they don't know what's you coming. You didn't even ask if I was okay, so I'm going to say that Oh, now. man, the joke's on them. Here we go. Oh, boy, am I going to see their uh, <laughs> their gonna... complete confidence fall. Oh. I bet they'll rush over to me, these grown men, and ask if I was okay as soon as I say this complete wimpy-ass thing. And then just pull out ones and just start peppering you with money and apologies. Let me take care of you. So with voice, like, shaking, like my friend, I'm like... You didn't even ask if I was okay. I'm not even finished. They're laughing <laughs> a thousand times harder. Isn't it like it, like if you tell a joke that you've been kind of holding on to? Yes. It doesn't have that spontaneity. Right, I like, got to come back. I'm yeah, going to get that this, guy. They can sense your lack of actual, like, like they could tell it was contrived in some way. Yes. That was it, too. I'm sure that was it. They're, they thought, this kid's been, like, sitting on this line. <laughs> was Fireball Island. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the old fireball, the fall down fireball island. Trick. Oh, wait. Okay, hold on. Tabs open because, and we'll get back to Chucky. I'm really sorry. This has been a longer diversion. No, than I'm going to take it longer. And oh, I think I'm going to open about three tabs. Let's here. do it. Okay, Let's and we'll get tabs. back. We'll get back. We but will. First of all, um, you mentioning Fireball Island reminded me of there was like, there was something about a three dimensional, you'd have the cardboard board game, but then the like plastic pieces that would fit in yep. and they'd like lock in usually and then have pieces in those pieces yes too. yeah so fireball and though i think was maybe even after my time i don't play yep. but i remember seeing the commercials and going i'm too old for this but i want that yeah mm-hmm. there was one when i was younger and this is going to be like that time i tried to get across that i saw this like bbc dance horror children's show one saturday morning and still to this day no one has been ever to like be able to oh, show yes, me what yeah, that I was remember, yeah, the- this will be things that people even though i don't remember what they are uh-huh. the first one i remember and it was a twenty thousand leagues under the sea board game that was like 
that three-dimensional. I loved it. And then late seventies, there was also this like thing that I'm sure would be so toxic for children now. And I don't mean figuratively. I mean, literally it was like (laughs) goo that you would pour into molds and create these creatures like rubber goo. Yeah, oh, like you could have your own like mad science lab or yeah. something. Yes. But then that reminded me of the mad science lab that came out in the like maybe mid 80s. And I may have told this before. It was the year they made fireworks illegal in Whittier. So for 4th of July, there would be no fireworks, street fireworks. Yeah. Ooh, which I always liked so much more than Sky Fireworks because uh-huh. he's hands on. Yeah. And, you know. and so my mom took me to the toy store to get a toy. And there were these mad scientist toys where it was like you would snap together these skeletons of creatures, mm-hmm. make this this like paste goo, create their skin. And then you could plug in like beaks and ears into these things. Oh. And then you'd make this baking soda solution and you'd draw – no, the baking soda was in the goo. And I think the vinegar was the solution in this clear vat on this like – Stan and is like Damn. you were the mad scientist. You would drop this creature in, and his flesh would disintegrate, and then the bones would just fall to the ground of this thing. Wow! Yeah, and all of these things take me back. That is really cool. Tabs closed. Um, th- I mean, it was a, a a good time period for toys. I mean, I saw also in the in the store a mouse trap. A Disney the mouse trap was another one. I'd yep. never play the game because the game kind of sucked. Yep. But you just want to oh, set up the trap. Yeah, yeah. They should have called it Rube Goldberg. Yeah. And let you have eight different Rube Goldberg pieces you could set up with the pieces. <laughs> that would have been a much oh, more fun game. I forgot. That, yeah. Sorry. No, but your Fireball open. Island, yes. it wasn't a board game, but it's something that I've already looked up I'm going to buy for Glenn when she's old enough. Oh, ooh, It was what? called Big Loader, and it is a like square track of construction vehicles but it has this one little motorized piece that picks up like the backhoe goes and scoops up these black balls scoops it into a drum dump truck leaves the backhoe part takes over the drum dump truck goes and like drops it into this mill machine which then later gets picked up and Matt, it keeps- you were unlocking a do you know this of- yes i had a friend who had this and i would just go to his house and sit there hypnotized oh. by this Mary would, she's probably the perfect age for it right now. You got to get big. I'm the perfect age. I know. Yeah. Uh, So I'm going to buy it for her. You should, because I can't get it for Glenn because it is choking hazard central. Yeah. Cause it has all those little like, um, hungry, hungry hippo kind of pieces. Black little marbles. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, big Um, loader. Have you heard of, uh, uh, hungry, hungry hypocrites? (laughs) You mean Fox news. Uh, it's, um, um, no, you can't eat little white plastic balls, but it's okay if I do. Hungry, Have you heard of hippos. satisfied, satisfied tsetse flies? <laughs> no. It's the opposite of hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs> satiated, satiated tsetse flies. <laughs> <laughs> Kids just sit there and they just watch animals digest. <laughs> you just have to wait eight hours for them to get hungry again. Mary has this game where you um, put some balls into like a little like flamingo that's sitting on a toilet and then he makes shit in the really? toilet. Yeah. Oh. They're still making good games. Uh, <laughs> uh, I also, yeah, the, um, I mean, the my buddy 
But it also seemed like, and you said Cabbage Patch Kid. Yeah. Chucky also seemed like Teddy Ruxpin. Yes. He was uh, my buddy meets Teddy Ruxpin, though, even though, like you said, this really predated my buddy, but everybody thought because it came out after that it was a play on my buddy. Yeah. And I remember my buddy. Yeah. So well. My, my buddy, buddy was like a kind of a, my what buddy, would you say? My buddy. My buddy. My wherever, buddy and me. Yeah. Wherever he goes, I go, go. My buddy. buddy. Yeah. And, and then you remember big. the female equivalent? Uh, kid sister. That's right. Kid yeah. sister. Kid sister and me. Yeah. Uh, and Teddy Ruxpin was kind of its own thing. I mean, like, electronically, yes, it's closer to the Chucky thing of people being a little marveled that this thing can yeah. blink its eyes and talk and stuff. Right. And Baby Alive, what have we talked about Baby Alive on here? We might have. Yeah, that's the... Um, that was early. Feeding. You feed yeah. the baby and then it would pee it out. I also thought this movie has a little bit of a... Um, I don't know if it would have existed in its same form if not for um, E.T., yeah, because it's right. kind of the same thing of the single mom. But why didn't they do the blood buddies? Because that's more of the psychic connection. I, maybe that's what it was. Maybe oh, that's partly where blood buddy. No, but I'm saying oh. maybe the original idea was yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the 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 mom, the investigator, mm-hmm. who's kind of like this dark, handsome, right? Uh, that never fully becomes a romance, but he is kind of like the surrogate father for this. Um, and then, you know, obviously too, the like kid robot, like there's a part where he's hiding the Andy goes and hides in the closet from Chucky. And I was like, this is a combination of like Lori from Halloween and then ET where he's hiding in the closet with all the toys and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, with that, the, the, so that, um, you were talking about the cereal. I really love this opening, and I feel like uh, with when he's making that cereal, I feel like it goes above and beyond what a movie normally would do to set the universe of the popularity of this character. Like when I see that's some good animation for the Chucky it's cartoon, top notch. Yeah, where I thought they're like at first I didn't know he was watching a good guy's cartoon. I thought this is a real cartoon. Looks TV. like a real deal thing, yeah. and a lot of movies wouldn't. You'd see that and you'd be like, that's fake. It looks real. Then they do the costume Chucky character in the treehouse talking to the doll. I'm yeah, like, that was that conf- looks authentic. That, it does, but it's as confusing as hell. Well, <laughs> I'm going to say all this stuff to say like they do such a good jo- job of making it feel like it's a real thing. But the one thing they must have is a bit of a nitpick. I don't know if this is what you're going to say. This isn't how it would work. They yeah. wouldn't do a cartoon with all of these characters and then introduce the talking doll. The talking doll would have come first and then they would have gone, let's build a cartoon around it. He would have, it, it's such a weird thing to be like, he's so obsessed with the good buddy. And then it's like, and now we have a talking doll. He's like, oh, they've made a talking. Ch-. It's like, no, it's also the, the full size stuffed, fuzzy character guy yes talking to the doll is just it does it too weird universe yeah like as a kid what are you going you're going like isn't the cartoon kind of the doll and they are one you wouldn't who's have this guy? mr rogers talking to a mr rogers or captain no. kangaroo or peewee it makes it mixed up too solid merchandise though on the overall 
designed pajamas, though. The pajamas, the cereal. And the... they call them pajama sneakers, what he's wearing. Really? They're like slippers. They're pajamas. <gasps> I mean, they thought that. out. They fleshed out this world. Yeah. I bet you Mancini's got like a, a world Bible for child's play that's like as thick as the of all the completed work of Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Leslie and my wife for Father's Day got me a really cool coffee book called For Promotional Use Only. Ooh. That's like um, well photographed, um, just the cheesiest tie-in marketing shit for, for movies. Um, like a kindergarten cop keychain or something like oh that. Oh my God. Um, and then the information at the bottom to like, who made it? And where did oh, it come from? Wow. Like it's an art piece or that's something. That's fucking great. Uh, but the... Uh, um, I mean, if they made a, they wouldn't do this because it's a scary movie. But if they had made a, I guess they never really fully made a child's play doll. I know that'd be tough, but they must now, right? I'm sure yeah. they do now for all the adults that like to collect that sort of thing. But I mean, when it was a Rainbow Bright or Care Bears or whatever, Teddy Ruxpin had a cartoon. Yeah, those things all came out after they Strawberry Shortcake, yeah. GI Joe too. GI Joe, it was uh, all in service of the toy. And GI Joe and the Ecto One are also in the toy store at the beginning. I saw so like uh, which GI Joes are? Um, I, I couldn't that. tell, but it was that like box. From like the mid to late 80s when it became the red, white, and yellow, yellow, red, white, and blue striped under the logo, yeah. kind of square. Yeah. When they went down, I mean, I don't think you ever played with the. No, those were 60s. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I mean, I was around for the second coming of G.I. Joe, and boy, was I, was I around. But for that's it. Star Wars toys laying the law down, right? That's why, did everybody, like, did G.I. Joe go, well, these kids want their G.I. Joes to fit in their Millennium Falcons, so we got to make G.I. Joe scale to... Oh, yeah, and they did it one better, which, like me with like a lot of other kids, switched to Star Wars for one big reason. I mean, switched to G.I. Joe from Star Wars for one big reason. The first series of G.I. Joe were basically Star Wars. They had... They had articulated elbows and knees, which Star Wars didn't have. Mm -hmm. But then after the first series of like 11 or 12, they did the swivel arm grip where you could suddenly have a soldier carry a rifle like they normally would. Because in Star Wars and G.I. Joe prior- you have to like rest it on their arms. No, like, you yeah, couldn't yeah. even do that. They'd yeah. have a rifle and it would be sticking straight out with one hand. And yep. it just, this way they could hold a machine gun like Posable. put it to the stock to their shoulder. When I saw that- I can't tell you how much that meant to me. And I rode my bike up to Savon Drug and bought Snow Job, the Snow Trooper. Snow Job. Snow Job. <laughs> Red bearded snow. He looked like Bob Rochelle for crying out loud. I'm just putting that together. Um, <laughs> it all, it's all connected. Yeah. And, and I just remember he was the only action figure I had that had swivel arm group. So he was just killing the other G.I. Joes, all the Star Wars guys. He was like some kind of super trooper just because he could pivot his arm to the right or to the left. Um, that is so uh, great that like he had the upper hand and now he could just slaughter all these other toys oh. that uh, have no uh, way to defend themselves. But somewhere at some point, there was a man or a woman working for Hasbro who said, what if we do this? And I'm sure in the room it wasn't a revelation because they're like, it's going to cost, it's going to be more money, it's going to be a different part of the production line. But every kid I knew was like, intuitively was like, that, that that's a game changer. 
And it yeah. was. It was so stupid, but it was. Maybe it was sort of some, uh, like, uh, the movie Big situation where some adult with a kid brain was there and, like, knew. Or their kid said it or something. Yes. And they, he stole it and took it for his own ah. idea. But I never looked back to Star Wars. I, and that happened. That was enough of a game changer. It was enough of a game changer. And that happened, I remember, I think, for me, during a run-up to a Christmas season. So my Christmas presents that year ended up being half G.I. Joe and half Star Wars. And I was done with Star Wars. This was post-Return so of the Jedi. That's so funny that you, like, write a passage. Yeah, but, but I was getting that. Gifts grandfathered in that I wouldn't, I didn't want anymore. Uh, I mean, the with this movie, there's a bit of um, slice of life observational stuff of the complete vulnerable situation a parent and a child are put in during gift giving. Yeah, when she gives him that gift and she opens it up, he's like, I don't know. But what kind of psychopath mom puts jeans in a gift the exact same box, the same size as a good buddy or good guy? That was the craziest box to put jeans in. Yes. This child should be taken away from this mom. And if you're going to make jeans the first present, you got to have like a yeah. working ray gun. Oh, <laughs> you, second gift. you like. better have. <laughs> I mean, you're right. Like a, a starship. They don't get into it, but it seems like, or, or we know that the dad has died. Yeah. Um, there's a couple pictures of him. Same photo, but different room. And Chucky uses the dad up in heaven as a manipulation yes, of the kid. Yes, he does. Wow. Uh, but the um, they're they're cash strapped. That's why she yeah. can't um, afford. It. So maybe that's partly to it's the there might it's not might not be a scarcity issue entirely. It could just that's be true. cost. Yeah, that's um, true. But I did think it was cool in that title screen when the title appears on all those boxes it says child's play i wondered if you could count each box for each sequel and spinoff <laughs> that's come from this like it's like yep this is what child's play is you've managed you've manufactured like 18 of these boxes now <laughs> yeah or if every one of them could have gotten possessed and spawned their own like multiverse. Ooh. So you've got Chucky. There was the other one named earlier in the movie. Oh, right. Um, um, well, you're, you're making me think uh, just so I don't forget it. The, um, the, the, that it's his id, it's Andy's id. That isn't an idea that I guess eventually gets back now to this new child's place. I've heard that. I'm excited about that. Yeah. The, the, that but the, the, the TV the show. Yes. Which so many people on Patreon has asked us if we'll do, I don't know. I mean, that's maybe down the road. Yeah. Separately or something. That's maybe. Good. But yeah, it seems that, that it did work its way back to that. The thing I was going to say was, um, the, the idea that you need to have voodoo or even a, like a blood buddy transfer kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, it's curious. You could easily just like, I've seen the, um, the Twilight Zone with the or the Outer Limits with the talking doll with um yeah. Tony Savalas, I think is the dad. Oh. Um I don't think they have an explanation. And maybe that's just because it's a 22 minute episode, so you don't have to for a movie it'd be harder. But both as an entertainment and uh, as a whatever statement, having a corporation make a doll that when you bring home it happens to like be evil that's kind of 
cool enough. Yeah, especially late 80s because it's an, enough of a time to react to that Reagan era consumerism kind of and thing. And that's my, I think, you know, standing back from this first movie is my favorite thing. It does seem to be having like a critical stance about what are we doing with our kids? That they Which wake up and they eat cereal yeah. and they look at the thing and they desire. But they never judge it in the movie. I know. That's I know. I like that though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, just like, trust you're smart enough. And I, not that I think a movie ever, it's a little foolish to go like, by trying to explore how this thing happened, they're trying to say what is about the world. But I did think like, there's something to the mom buys a hot stolen version of Chucky from a homeless guy. Mm-hmm. So you could look at it in some way. I don't think the, the, the message is, well, she should have really respected the rules of capitalism no. and gone and bought it. So the corporation would have eventually gotten their cut. Right. Um, so you could almost kind of go like, Oh, bad things happen that we can have things set up in a world where a single mom in order to make her child happy has to go about this kind of weird way. And now evil's in the world because the sad thing. Um, but it, it, for me, it seems to kind of be like, if there is some sort of like, what is evil about the, or, or, or if this was a fairy tale, let's say. A, if a fairy tale started where a kid's like, mommy, I need this gift to be happy and for you to show you love me. And the mom goes and travels a great distance to yeah. get this toy, but it's cursed. I feel like the the takeaway would kind of be like, you don't need materials as expressions of love. Right. And because this kid, he doesn't have a... His mom has to work these long hours and he doesn't have a full family. She has to go to this kind of cursed object to show her love. It's just like, oh, this is a byproduct of when uh, people take shortcuts for affection or something like that. Um, Now, I don't think that bears out of the other child's play movies. No, you're absolutely right. She shouldn't have to do that. She also, though, shouldn't wrap those jeans in that box. No, there's, and, there's a happy and, medium. Yes. And I think she, <laughs> Catherine Hicks could have, uh, oh, the other Catherine Hicks little detail that Brantley gave us that I loved. She fell in love with the guy who makes the Chuckies. And would come to set even when she wasn't needed. So cute. I know. So, And they're married and together to this day. To this day. And, and, they're, uh, and they're here with us today. Catherine and uh, who, this guy, Kevin Yeager. Yeah. Who I'm, was a 25 year old. Who um, he did the uh, marionette effects for Freddy in Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. three, and then was recommended by Rick Baker, I believe, to yeah. do the effects for Chucky. Which, Wonderful. if you were an animatronic special effect horror guy, oh my god, you would be so stoked! Oh, those pictures Brantley sent and the one of Chucky without flesh, yeah, is incredible. I watched the video too, Brantley sent that is on YouTube of like, it's just an hour of their test material. I love VHS footage of, um, it's also with alien three has all that stuff. Just guys in like some, um, sand, uh, uh, Fernando Valley effects house. Like they just set up a camera and they're having fun. Like getting to be like, Oh, look at this crazy shit. Those warehouses in San Fernando Valley around this time was just, it, 
Porn, porn or effects house? And effects house. Porn, effects house. Porn, effects house. And All then, surrounding the Van Nuys airport. Yeah. I did go, during our little break, Matt, I did kind of go down a hole. Oh. Uh, similar to what Brantley was saying of like knowing where uh, Bob Rochelle like existed. I've just found a little corner of the internet where you can, it's existed since the beginning of the internet, but like search by name and address places. And I've just really enjoyed nailing down where effect houses and oh. porn studios are in the valley. <laughs> so what I said currently uh, are or used to be used to be because the, the it's the sign of the digital times. Yeah. Internet took away the video world and the, even the like online uh, paid content world of porn and then also CGI came along and like yeah. decimated all these uh oh my god pro- these uh, practical effects houses. Wow. Um, but it's really fun to go and look up an address of like an old former porn studio, and it's looks nice, but it's completely unmarked. Oh my god! And across the street from like uh, the airport, it's like this yeah. is the only space they could find their little oh. and I've also been looking up addresses of Porn filmmakers stars. I love who used to live in Los Angeles and I go and I'm like ooh Bob Gale used to live here oh okay, my god that's cool Robert Zemeckis lived here that's neat I just watched <laughs> 9 to 5 again and that and, warehouse huh the filming location for the warehouse oh no oh sorry, no sorry. that not that that too yeah but the hospital that Dabney Coleman gets sent to is in Glendale and it's just this tiny little kind of hospital slash clinic. It's not like a big sky rise. Or That's anything. awesome. Do you think it's the same Glendale hospitals Halloween too? No, it's no. not. Cause that's, I forget where that one is. I want to say it's more Burbank, right? The I, Halloween too. Why do I want to say that hospitals in Sierra Madre too, but it, I could, I think I'm wrong about that. I think the Halloween or 2 hospital is the one where Scott Ackerman took me to when I sliced open my finger. Seriously? Yeah. I didn't know about any of this. Oh, I'll tell you real quick. We had he, him and his wife, Kulap, who both of them I adore. And uh, when I moved to Los Angeles, they... Sliced your finger open. <laughs> sliced my finger open and made me watch a bleed. And no. said, we're blood buddies. They were like surrogate older siblings, parents who yeah. like made me feel loved and at home in Los Angeles. And uh, this was maybe 2011 or something. They had a, we were going to like, oh, let's watch three Coen brothers movies. And so they made this delicious food. And sometime between Miller's Crossing and Barton Fink or something like that, (laughs) I went and I went to cut a thing. And they later reported when later that night when they cleaned it up, there was blood on the ceiling from where it splurted out from like oh my, my heartbeat, god. you know, when it, Oh my god. And uh Scott rushed me to like a North Hollywood Toluca Lake Burbank hospital. Oh, maybe it is in Burbank then. Uh but it, it was like a um filming location of sorts. I don't know if it was the Halloween two one or the uh, well, nine to five one. It had a number in it. We can look it up on this. The next pee break. Yeah, my, my little pee <laughs> pee friend. <laughs> We'll be right back. With and With and Okay, the hospital in Halloween 2 was two hospitals. 
Morningside Hospital in Los Angeles near Inglewood, and Pasadena Community Hospital in Pasadena. Okay, so neither of those did I go. But Pasadena Community Hospital? Let me look that up. Have you been there? I don't know. Community. Did you ever have to go there for a checkup? Or to get killed? (laughs) By a masked killer? I don't, it must not exist anymore unless it's a different hospital because it doesn't come up. Hmm. And then what's the nine to five one? It's in Glendale. That's the it? one in Glendale. Yeah. yeah, I think that's on Chevy Chase Boulevard. Lucky you getting a um uh, uh and there it, it isn't deal with a century with Chevy Chase. Don't they shoot a scene on Dabney Coleman Boulevard? <laughs> Uh, uh, I should be so lucky uh, But lucky you get to watch 9 to 5 Oh, it was for Father's Day weekend Oh, great Oh, I meant to tell you this I was going to text you this Amanda was so sweet Because she just Her dad was coming up for Father's Day So she's like, this is your first Father's Day I know there's going to be other people It's not going to be about you Which I was fine with So she made like Friday and Saturday night leading up To like, you pick two movies, we'll watch them And you know, after Glenn goes to bed So I picked Inglorious Bastards Hey, And friend, I have to tell you It's my favorite Tarantino movie It's one of my favorite movies That's awesome And then you show up in this thing And I just get filled with joy (laughs) for you That you got to go do that Also, I'm always reminded of how this is how we met Yeah Where you came on, I was there too to talk about it But I see you up there and I just... I'm so happy for you when I see that movie. You can see in my eye how happy I am. Oh, yeah. I was very, uh, that's nice of you to say. Uh, It's funny, I was thinking about it this morning because I was listening to an interview with John Landis and he came up with American Werewolf in London based on his experiences when he went to Europe for the first time to shoot Kelly's Heroes. And he had a lot of stories about moving around in Europe, um, being there to shoot a movie. And it was kind of like, uh, you know, uh, you're with a bunch of actor dudes who are all playing soldiers and stuff, and it didn't. Uh, it reminded me. I was like, oh, the first time I went to overseas uh, was for a World War II uh movie. What an experience! My uh, God. Uh, yeah. The um, and I was in nine to five as well. So, oh, you, see? <laughs> well, you were Roz. <laughs> Isn't uh, it like this is our nerd brain that I know you will understand this. This time I'm watching it going, for some reason, I want to come out of this experience knowing all three of their full character names. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, uh, if I'm going to rewatch this movie, I got to have a, a, a greater takeaway each time. Yeah. And I am I think I already knew it was Violet Newstead because she says in that movie, Violet Newstead, please hold. Violet Newstead, please hold. That's Lily Tomlin. Do you and know the other ones? Well, now I'm worried I've already forgotten them. Dolly Parton and is she, Jane Fonda. I think uh, that's her name. Judy Newley, I think. Mm-hmm. And then Doralee, I want to say Rhodes? I could be wrong, but it's something like that. Um, and... Uh, Please tell me you fast forward through the part where they smoke some Maui Wowie. Oh, I'm watching the clean flicks version. Doesn't even have that in there. They've shown it on WGN. Too. <laughs> How about that? That was a, a PG movie. Yeah. I mean, that movie is so radical in so many ways. And by that, I mean like yeah. radical. I like, saw that thing in the theater when I was a kid. Oh my God. Yeah. Lucky you. That was the type of movie that that would come out and it was just a no brainer that all right, hop in the car. We're yeah. going to go see a fun, lighthearted comedy. Yeah. yeah. And I bet the audience is probably 
laughing it up. I can't remember, but I'm sure. I was thinking, I wish I was in the audience during the um, babysitter scene in Child's Play. When oh, yes. she walks away oh. and walks back, I was like, to be in the audience, everybody would have been oh. like, ah, yeah. ah. Yeah. And then um, the ending, I wish I could have been in an audience. When Chucky is kind of like relentlessly keeps coming back, I think that would have been really fun. Well, that's to interesting with an audience. time and place for this movie is that you can date a movie by how many false endings it either has or doesn't to reject that or to do that subversion of what you expect. Yes, yes. But this is, I mean, how many movies can you think of where there's not only a, a another like false, you know, it's Halloween, he gets up yeah. again, but this one has a third. Yeah, and I would, I think that peaked and you couldn't do it again in a straight way after, let's say, Fatal Attraction in 87. When yeah. she comes out of the bathtub after you think she's drowned. Right. Because that was also like, we're no longer in the gutter of horror movies that do these like little, you think the person's yeah. dead jump scares. Now they're in the movies your parents go to on date night. So like a year later, I don't know when Child's Play was made relative to Fatal Attraction, but it did seem kind of like, you now you can't just do one more yeah, because you also because he you, you also death think the, she shoots him in the heart. Yeah, it seems like she does. It's so funny too. I love it when that guy's like, "You have to shoot him in the heart to kill Chucky." Unlike other living creatures, <laughs> in order for him to die, he must be shot in the heart. I love too that he's <laughs> oh the heart. Gosh, most things don't die when you shoot them in the heart. <laughs> but with Chucky, I guess he's that rare voodoo exception. I think what he means is you you don't. Other, other creatures, you can kill them other ways than just no, shooting. I know, oh, I know, okay. but just Sorry. like, it's not, there's a canister yeah. where you have to burn his body yeah. with three Newt's eyes. <laughs> it's like, shoot him in the heart. Because that's the only place he's developed a squib yet. <laughs> uh, the, uh, uh, uh. Uh, oh, so the 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 babysitter sequence. Yeah, um, so good. Yeah, a real highlight of the the movie. What now, is it about Chucky's POV that's so good in this? Is because it's got a scurry to it, where other like the Panaglide of Michael Myers is slow. Yeah, this and you hear the pitter patter of his feet, and it's, it's also cool too because when the, he brings breakfast to the mom in bed at the beginning of the movie, they start they yeah. already start using that shot of the little feet. It the, does. Yeah. It's like in in league with the brood. There's there is a tie-in. In oh, yeah. And if they would have done that uh, id thing, then it would have totally yeah. been the brood. But there's moments when he's walking out of school in his snowsuit holding oh, Chucky yeah. to get on a wintry uh, landscape. I'm yeah. like, this is totally the yeah. brood. Um, and kind of same fear of like little hands and little mouths and yes. stuff. And things that look like kids actually being far scarier. Right. Um, but the uh, uh, the that babysitter is played by um she plays Marty from Greece. It's Dinah Maynard. Oh yeah. Dinah Maynard. And uh she uh is the daughter of Lee Grant, Oscar winner Lee oh, Grant from Shampoo. I didn't know that. Um and uh got the hugest crush on on uh, 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 uh on her on her mom. But Dinah Maynard when I was a kid and we watched Grease, I was like, she's just the most oh, Marty, yeah. beautiful. And she was so funny and cool. Yeah. Um, so 
I was a French. I partly guy. wish she was a, the lead of Charles Play. I don't like her yeah. just as the friend, but uh, the the aunt who's going to get killed off or something. But uh, you like Frenchie. I was a Frenchie guy. Well, then you like Grease too. She's the one of the few who comes I, back. I do like Grease too because I saw Grease in the theater with my mom and my sister, and well, probably I'm sure I mentioned this went in late and then just watched the beginning after. But then. Grease 2 was on cable relentlessly, and I used to watch it over and over. Uh, would you believe I watched Grease 2 in the last five days? I would. Uh, would you believe that I feel like I'm due to watch Grease 2? Oh, you just fast forward to the dancing segments. Oh, and that bunker scene. Yes. Well, Grease 2 is directed by the choreographer of the first one. Right. And uh, the dancing in it is amazing. Oh. And what's cool about it, too, is it's so... Um, like there's a like a verve. It's crazy. Mm. Like a lot of times, you know, when you watch dancing in movies, it's supposed to be kind of like the affect of us enjoying dancing is still part of this kind of refined presentation of the dance. Yes, yeah. This is like people are dancing, and it's not. It's all refined in that they're all doing the same moves, but you can tell the choreographer is like, add a live little it. bit of your own wildness. Make it yours. Yeah, live it, Zmed. Come on. Oh, it's Adrian so fun Zmed. to watch. You just see these like uh, dance, 30 people all dancing kind of like really crisp ways, but they're they're bringing an energy to it that isn't like drained by like Broadway-ness or something. Am I crazy? Because I, I haven't seen this movie in so long, but I remember liking Adrian Zmed better than John Travolta. <laughs> Well, I, you know, That's love crazy. Travolta more so than anybody I. in the world. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Do you? Oh, I have I said this on the podcast? Every girl I've ever dated, I have the hots for John Travolta more than any girl I've ever... I'll be like, huh, John Travolta's quite a good-looking guy. I, mean, <laughs> I guess. I don't really like that thing on his chin. And I feel that way about Eric Bana. You don't like Eric Bond. No, I do. Oh, I like him more than most people can. Yeah. Um, no, I mean I'm I'm somebody who, when people who make fun of the wickedly ta- talented Akina Mazim when he oh, mispronounced yeah. her name at the Oscars, I'm like, yeah, guy, uh, he, he has dyslexia. When did we start making fun of people with dyslexia? Like that's my like. Yeah. I uh, I love that you'll defend him. I love it. I love yeah. him because I think he's a gentle. He seems soul nice, yeah. who's been through a ringer of sorts. Oh, he sure has of, with of, his, a, of a system that he he can't control and his lost personal losses and yeah and, and yeah there is a, a mythology about him that has really done him wrong because has there ever been any proof to any of these rumors or anything like they're just yeah. salacious rumors. It'll about, be like tabloid pictures yeah. and stuff is is the most it gets. Yeah, um, but the um, you know. Uh, I just want him to be happy, but also <laughs> there's such a, no matter what character he plays, uh, there's always like such a warmth and tenderness to him. And because he's a dancer, yeah. when he moves, it's the same, I've uh, been watching Michael J. Fox movies too. I'm like, God, the way they control their bodies, is just like half of the, what's the appealing. But the, um, uh, before I said Michael J. Fox, who the the uh, uh, Adrian's med? No, John Travolta. Oh uh, yeah, oh <laughs> I Jesus. you knew that. Of course. Uh, when I was watching uh, Pulp Fiction, I recently rewatched it, yeah. and that 
date scene where they do the twist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Before they do the twist and they're talking and um she goes something like I'm not going to tell you the joke um cuz uh, you wouldn't um laugh at it or something like that. And uh he goes, "Oh, come on, don't be that way." or something like that. And I'm like, that's why John Travolta's in that part. Yeah. If it had been somebody else that like sort of like tenderness that like makes that whole date scene like work yeah. just wouldn't wouldn't be there i know tarantino's only you know theoretically got one more movie left yeah but wouldn't you love to see him revitalize travolta's career a third time or a second time to, for a him, second comeback yes. yeah in do i know vincent vega's Dead. There's no way to do this. Never mind. Well, I mean, it's an alternate history. Where yeah, they, they, I mean, they, he, he did, plays those tricks. The so. movie starts with Vega coming out of that bathroom. The toaster goes off, and Vega shoots Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and the toast goes back down into the toaster. And, yeah, yeah, and then it just says thirty years later. Yeah, and it's the Vega brothers or whatever. I would yeah. buy that. Yeah. Um, I mean, Hitler died in a movie theater. Yeah, and, bastards. Yeah. And Sharon Tate lived. So yeah, right. Certainly. I mean, it would be, if anything, appropriate for his filmography. Are you listening, Tarantino? Get it done. I mean, it's so. Uh, I mean, when somebody listens this years from now, I'm sure he'll have made 20 movies and it'll be silly that we were even talking. But it does make me sad to think there's only one more because I feel like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood really turned a corner into a I know. a tenderness and a yeah. sweetness that I really, really like. And I just wish there was a few more in that in that vein. Do you think he, he really is just going to do one more? Mm. Or he'll go away for a while and then there'll be a big comeback for another He seems to movie. say like, oh, I could just write books and yeah. plays. Yeah. And I could see how actually that'd be probably creatively satisfying enough that if you, yeah. you could stick to those guns. Right. If you're a director maybe who doesn't write your own stuff and you kind of give it up, yeah. I could see then like, oh, what am I going to do? But if you yeah. can find pleasure in And once in upon writing, a time got in under the wire for COVID in both streaming and just the way the business is gone. Well, and then that movie, which was already such a um, zeitgeister when it first came out, because it was like, wow, 25 years after 1969 was 1994 when mm. Pulp Fiction came out. Wow. And that was when Generation X was like, see a new Hollywood of the 70s. You guys are tired. Yeah. This is the new generation doing the exciting stuff you used to do 25 years ago when Easy Rider came out. So then 25 years after that, 2019, Tarantino's going and making a movie about 1969 and these guys who feel like, oh, a new generation is coming and passing me by. I never thought about this. And so... And he's not There's lost something elegiac or elegaic yeah. about it when I was watching. I was like, oh, he's feeling like I'm now older. I'm not one of the young Turks. I'm like the guy who's bitching about these hippies. But has never probably been in finer form. That's what's yes, crazy. And yes. I, I say that as a mixed bag Tarantino guy. Totally, totally. Yeah. And then this movie then gains all this extra significance after it came out because it's the last time studios were really going to ever fully release a movie like Joker yeah, or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or um, there was a third one that was just like, oh, um, was it? Oh, 1917. Oh, right. And, and, uh, um, uh, uh, host and a host has a parasite. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, like 
March 2020 people aren't going to go to the movies as much anymore. And, uh, yeah. Um, even more so now it feels like a real big, like, Oh, times it has this now added layer of like, Oh, and it came out in 2019. I know. Um, what do you think it'll be like? Comedy seem to be like the thing that is least likely is going to make an audience go to a movie. Oh yeah. I mean, even the latest Pixar hasn't really been bringing people to the theaters like it used to. Top Gun has. Pixar got that like raw deal of like their three last movies were released simultaneously on Disney Plus. And I remember reading something about the Pixar people being unhappy about this, yeah. which I would be. Like Luca's an amazing movie. Yeah, I think all of them have been really well received critically, but never got theatrical releases. And in the Soul. first one, yeah. yeah. Encanto, yeah, yeah, but Encanto is a Disney movie, and, and oh, they right. they are getting theatrical releases along with the Disney. Oh, thing, so that's why it's oh, a little interesting. weird. Well, it is interesting that Lightyear got released and it's not critically as well received right. as the others. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess family movies did still because families want something to go to get out of the house and go see. Yeah, and teenagers will. Yeah. But um, I think Nope will be a big one to get people back in theaters too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Amanda, I'm I excited keep... for the opening weekend of Nope. Me I'm too. But yeah. Amanda and I can't even get out because Glenn just won't take a babysitter. So mm. we have to go after she goes to bed. But then we're tired, and we're both dying to see Top Gun. We haven't even seen Top Gun. I haven't Gun. seen Top Gun either. Oh, yeah. uh, that's funny. That um, maybe your um. Uh, what's the um, uh, generational trauma of your babysitter experience? Is like I, Glenn oh has God. that in her brain of like, well, do not does, trust the sitter. I was just talking to Amanda about that because she goes to bed and wakes up about 20 minutes after, which I do all the time to check that I'm safe, even to this day. She's a light sleeper. She's easily started by a noise or a sneeze like I am. Mm. And I, I, I don't, you know, there's not, I don't think there's a ton of science on inherited trauma. Right. But I, I was kind of like, could she inherit my weird, like, have I, have I just bedrocked my DNA with fear that she's somehow gotten? And oh, it breaks Maybe my not heart. you. Maybe just all human. Uh, maybe, are, yeah. Are but her yet. fear seems so similar to mine. It's so weird. Just noises, scared, looking up. I see her in her bed, sometimes in her crib, and she's just sitting up, looking up like... Uh, oh, that complete unknown oh. of, is this wiring that somebody was born with? Is it, they are such sponges right now they're just picking up on the minor micro things i do yeah, and like right. being like okay that's the way or is it completely their own i know oh god it breaks my heart it's the sweetest thing um <sighs> yeah i saw we have a little mary's four and a half right now and we have this like feelings chart up uh in a wall and i think i told you before you had glenn i was like oh a really great thing about a kid that I think you'll like is that um, all the sort of like chest puffing crud that grownups cake on themselves to seem cool or smart or what, yeah. you know, kids just don't have that. They're just like themselves. And uh, uh, 
Mary had a friend over and we have this chart of like feelings and you can point at what feeling you're feeling. And uh, Mary had a friend over and she was like, you know what I'm feeling right now? I'm feeling, and she pointed at happy. And then her friend went, it's because I'm here, right? And Mary went, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that um, exchange of feelings are feelings I still have as an adult. Yeah. Which is like, I'm happy. Am I happy because my friend Matt is here? Uh-huh. Yes, that's why I'm like, um, but whatever crud gets built up, it's just a little bit difficult to express. So to see two kids express the feelings we all feel without all the gunk. Oh, it's, I, I don't want to sound cheesy, but I know exactly what you're talking about. When you show up at my kitchen door and I see you, I go, I, oh, this is my little like recess playtime. And it's like when we had that timeline of Halloween on the window, yeah. that's our little feelings chart. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, stay with us, listeners. You can do it. You can you do know it. it. You we'll, know it. We'll talk about Chucky. We promise. Well, so with Chucky, um, uh, he 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 kills uh, Marty from Greece with, with a hammer. hammer to the head, which doesn't really the cops don't think suspect much with the hammer. No, the they head. they collected as possible evidence, but, but this cop has the uh, un, the detective has the unfortunate job of telling a kid, telling a mom that her friend is dead, and I think your son <laughs> killed her. Tough news to break. How many uh, movies uh, feature a body falling on a car? But it's it's more than that. It's like a featured shot. You've got this. You've got lethal weapon. The car weapon. explosion thing yeah. that happens in 80s movies. The so Lethal funny. weapon, die hard. Lethal weapons. The uh, Friday 13th has some of those. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, They really make it a money shot. That's the weird yes, thing. Yes. And yeah. it's often slow-mo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what existed in Lethal Weapon, and this movie was the thing, but you know what existed in this movie and a 1930s high society comedy is her boss at the department store oh, with the m- pink bow <laughs> I don't think so. Mr. Criswell. <laughs> well, I never. He was oh, great. I wanted to go to that department store so bad, though. <sighs> department stores are the bomb. Oh, man. Uh, I got a real thing for him. Uh, the smell, the look, the feel, the touch, um, the, um, oh, 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 what I was just saying was the Rosemary's Baby thing. What's great about Rosemary's Baby, you know, is like, there's a dynamic, demonic thing happening, but because it's a vulnerable person who's trying to tell people this, they're all like, yeah, you're hysterical because you're pregnant lady. Right. When I watch this movie, I do feel like it's like the kid version of Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, it is. It's like. Oh, kids don't have rights. No. Like when that detective came in, he was like, so what's going on? Like without a lawyer and the mom walks in, I'm like, they're explaining to kids, lawyers should be there. What about kids <laughs> Well, the rights? fact that they just take him away, and I get they're, they're kind of taking him away because he's the danger, but they're almost acting like, no, this kid's got to be removed from yeah. this environment. When the mom at this point doesn't even believe the kid and is actually on the side of the cops kind of going like, hey, now you didn't hear anything. If anything, they they should keep the kid with the mom. Unless yes. she, maybe I guess she's in danger if this kid's a killer, but. Yeah, but no, it doesn't seem like if you suspect the kid's a killer to like separate him from his uh, mother. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Although the kid is unhealthily obsessed 
with the good guy toy line. And and this comes from me you really being like rebuked mask. for my mask <laughs> obsessions. I bet Andy had a friend who was like, wow, you really like the buddy doll. Right? And that was the buddy doll saying that. Like, yeah. hey, buddy, <laughs> I need a break, man. Let's just see each other at school. By the way, every kid, bring your giant doll to school, no issue. Yes, yes. Uh, another thing of the era of this movie, along with the um, exploding car when somebody falls on it, is if you were a thriller in the 80s and you live in an apartment, yeah, your elevator best be one of those cage ones. Oh, with that. forget it. And that was a nice looking lobby. That whole building looked like the same building where Sean Connery dies in The Untouchables. I know all the Perhaps? Chicago, Chicago buildings probably look like oh, that. But, oh, yeah. Chicago does a pretty good job of uh, keeping all their- uh, Yeah. Those um, are, what are they called? Railroad apartments? Uh, uh like L train or no rail? Oh. No, they're because they're all one hall and every room is off one hall. Oh, is that what they're called? I forget. Hmm. That big. Uh, oh, because they the hallway looks like a. I see. I see. Each room is like a compartment on a train. Um, the uh, uh, it is scary though to think when you watch it, like when he's Chucky's whispering that he wants to see the news. You don't hear it, but it. It really is happening, I guess. Yeah. It's like crazy to think about. Yeah. And when he's whispering to it, did you notice there was a nice uh, split diopter shot? Yes, I did. Yeah, I certainly did. <laughs> uh, now, uh, then the detective comes. Um, uh, and uh, Andy does that really embarrassing thing where you're... Um, Trying to like talk, talk. Come on! Oh yeah, this talk. is when he beats up Chucky. Yeah, yeah, he's punching him. Yeah, uh, which I guess Charles Lee Ray must have been like. I can't really show how this is hurting <laughs> oh, me yeah, right now. That's right. Just take it, take it, take it. Get your you can blow sweet it all. revenge. Uh, but then, but wait, there is. What was the first time he breaks? It's because he can't hold in how pissed he is, or something. Remember what was it? What? The first time he he like you see him like turn and talk is to the mom, and what sparks it? I forget. Uh, he 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 um. She's gonna put him in the fire, right? And then, okay, yeah. He runs out. Well, then when he attacks her, he says. Um, I mean, that moment where she discovers the batteries in the box is so oh, cool. so good. So good. That's just like a movie, movie moment. And then, but yeah, when he attacks her. It only would have been better if he op she opened up the battery compartment after that and there's just a beating heart. In there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she goes, um, yeah, he attacks her. And the first thing he says is, you stupid bitch, you fucking slut. Yeah. Now, Chucky. Think about our word choice here. Is a widowed mom a slut? I, you know, it's Charles Lee Roy, the guy's on the Ray. edge. Sorry, Charles Lee Ray. <laughs> Sorry. No, he's Is on the edge. Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswald, That's and right. James Earl Ray. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But I think they're harkening back to a little exorcism there where you just got a shock. You got to say it all. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. um, he does have a potty mouth. But then the mom goes to the cop and she gets to say the best line. Just a true blue ribbon world-class line. Chucky bit me. 
<laughs> Charlie bit me. Chucky bit me. Oh, yeah. Me. Do you think? <laughs> that kid was a huge fan. Um, then she goes to that, like, Hooverville of, like, bums. Yeah. To try to find the story. Uh, and you have another great line. I don't know nothing about no doll. I don't know how you can write that line and feel good. Um, I don't know nothing about birth and no babies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then the detective shows up um, and and says Charles Lee Ray was the Lakeshore Strangler. That's what he was. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, I noticed that... Um, with the cop when he gets attacked in the car yeah uh, when he steps out um he walks by like a chicago sun times newspaper machine i was wondering do you think that was like put in there um to like kind of butter up uh, uh roger ebert oh it had to be and i'm roger ebert from the chicago sun times yeah now he did get his poll quote is on the sh- child's play video box what is it chucky is one mean sob <sighs> Did he give it a an otherwise favorable review? Or? It was three out of four stars. But Pretty I, good. But I think you, any person making a horror movie, hopes that the reviewer uses the main character's name oh. and then says, is a mean SOB. That almost feels like Ebert knew what he was doing there. I think that's what the Sun-Times was all about. Yeah. He saw it. He was like, hey, you butter my bread, I'll butter yours, guys. That'd be so great. <laughs> I'm kidding. Like, I don't think so, but, but. Die Hard set in LA, and it's but there is a Chicago Sun Times <laughs> thing, and then like a New Yorker stand. <laughs> uh, uh, what's that movie where uh, uh, the mission that Robert uh, De Niro movie? Yeah, just appearing in movie that can't even Quest for Fire. <laughs> As a dispenser for the Chicago Sun Times, <laughs> that's for you, Rodney. <laughs> um, but what he got, and then car- Ebert. I mean, Siskel gives it a pan. Yes, unless yeah. there's a Tribune. Yeah, uh, then that he loves it. Now, if there's a Tribune and Sun Times, two thumbs up. That was well. I think then this- Robert's like uh, Ebert's like I'm not special, so I dock you one star. Ah, like, you do you be- get it all from one or mitigated from both? Tough. <laughs> Uh, the uh, when the cop got in in the car, I noticed he started his own like mood music in the car. It was like, uh, but I like the idea of like uh, a cop when he drives around at night. He listens to like the soundtrack to like his Miami own, Vice. his own theme song yeah. that he had commissioned. He went to like some amateur musician studio session. <laughs> a theme song. Uh, and this section, like I said, is really crazy. The uh. The knife, him attacking him from the back seat, the yeah. knife coming through the car seat, yeah. through the bottom of the car, yeah. Chucky manipulating the gas pedal. Yeah. Like, is there, did he cut the brake lines? Did I miss that? Because why wouldn't the guy just go, oh, get out of the car? I don't know. I I mean, it's comical this moment for sure. <laughs> and then the car flips and then like Chucky's <laughs> racing around him and stuff. I mean, it's pretty yeah. wild. Did you know one of the people that played Chucky was... Is his name James Franklin? John Franklin from Children of the Corn? Malachi? He plays what's, quote, walkabout Chucky, which I assume means one of the mobile Chuckies. Wait. Um, the Not Malachi. Uh, sorry. Isaac. Isaac. Yes. Sorry. Really? Yeah. According to 
Plex where I watch this and it lists the cast. Yeah, because um, 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 uh, Brantley told us about somebody who was in the one with the uh, the fire. Yeah, that was the a little person. And I noticed that they used um, I didn't know this that they used scale stuff. To, yeah, that a they third made the couch smaller. bigger. Yeah. I, did, I didn't or smaller. Um, there is one point after Chris Sarandon gets stabbed in the leg. There's a close up of like. A giant headed <laughs> yeah, Chucky. That's yeah. really strange. Also, I like um, when Chucky gets set on fire and he's burning. He has the same condition that happens to Freddy uh, when he is set on fire in the first nightmare, which is um, he gains thirty pounds. Oh yeah, so cute. Oh, with like a Chucky, yeah. just like why does he get so big when he's on fire? The thing about him becoming more human too is so great because of the way they track him with Brad Dorf and they start to recede his hairline a little bit and his eyes get a little more. I love human. that. Yeah. And it, it, it fits with the reveal. Uh, I haven't thought about this of his, who he is in the movie. He's also becoming more human. So like when he does that really like when Chucky gets on the bed. Yeah. Uh, and he stabs because he thinks Andy's another thing. I love that. Uh, it's Chucky. like the brood that remind. That's where it starts to remind it me. It does because sometimes like, it is a kid playing Chucky too. And the time that I thought it was Gremlins was there was one point where after he stabs somebody, they kind of used like a fast motion speed up kind of thing to get him to move. That looked very yeah. Gremlinsy. I have no idea how Chucky comes back to life in the second one, and I'm thrilled to find out. Well, you might have noticed at the end of this one there was an open door. So he goes through that open door. As this just melted. No, no, no. Oh, I just, oh, oh. it's funny that the movie at the end is like, it freeze frames. Yeah. Uh, much like the end of Scream 3, we've had now two movies that end with an open door. Right. Um, but it's like reverse Godfather. I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> Did you hear that Nev Campbell's not going to be in the new Scream and it's set in New York? In, I, I think it's set, set, like, set in the city, like Manhattan, I we think. We briefly talked about it on a bonus episode or something because I was saying like, yeah, you gotta pay Neff Campbell what she's worth. You gotta oh, get her absolutely. in the screen movie. Yeah. I You think she'll be in you think this is dealings. I think it might be just political dealings, right. like her wanting to get paid what she's owed, and so is doing some negotiation negotiating. I'm also Scream has to still surprise us in ways. And I partly think this is maybe a way to throw us off. Like I don't they can't ever it's it's too PT Barnamy uh, or water uh, like uh Jason putting men Manhattan. on the moon with a faking men on the moon. This is too conspiracy theory. But the idea that you would just not think Neva Campbell's in the movie, and then when you go see the new screen movie, you're like, ah yeah. she is. They just I'd be okay with her not being in it because it seems like it's gonna be jumping through hoops to connect all these dots now especially with hayden panettere coming back. coming back yeah it's okay to just take a break her last couple appearance maybe the last one was pretty good but the one before that was well they've been pretty, decreasing in, yeah, in amount to the point where they're just token and it, it doesn't feel like it needs it yeah you know? scream one and two are like the big sydney standouts because by scream three she's like noticeably her screen yeah. time is far lessened um, her screen time but she's the she's the face of scream yeah. I, I don't want to scream without her um and they've been managed to keep it up yeah that's no true. other horror franchise has been able to keep talent for this long i wish they Ooh, is that true uh with the exception i guess of 
Robert England is Freddy. Right. Um, but wow. most people don't like to stick around in horror movies. True. Um, uh, even in the movies, they don't stick around very because of the killers. <laughs> um, uh, I do think it's slightly um, convenient that the way Chucky can live forever is by killing the first person he told that he was not himself. Yeah, what a weird rule. That's voodoo. Is that voodoo Why lore? couldn't they just set a child's body or something? Like yeah. a pre, not pre-puberty. That's or just like something too specific, its but just size. Like, yes. Yeah. So in order for it to grow, you, yeah. But it's the first person you told. That's hilarious. Um, the uh, I uh, would love to see the movie, though, where Charles... Lee Ray goes into the body of Andy. Yes, and uh, he's just talking like a talking, little sailor kid. There's your new Freaky Friday. Uh, oh, I guess that is the movie Freaky. I mean, of. this movie is. Um, I've been watching a lot of um, Robert Zemeckis movies lately, and I was like, oh, part of the appeal when I was a kid watching his movies was that they were special effect movies. Yeah, and getting to watch them over and over again is like getting to watch an effect over again, but also trying to figure out how they did it. And it put me in a position when I was watching child's play. I'm like, Oh, a lot of the fun of these movies are the, like the special effect of Chucky and that voodoo scene when it comes about, that's the most memorable scene for me. And I was trying to like, why do I remember this way more than the electromagnetic shock scene? And I do think it's because it's the longest scene of Chucky talking and, moving around and having dialogue with the oh, other yeah. voodoo guy. And uh, just, that's such a cool, I love the little Chucky doll and how he moves. Will we see in this run a change from practical to CG or do they not go there? I think they keep it practical. I don't know what the reboot is. And I bet it's that thing that eventually happens is the practical with digital accoutrement yeah, eventually yeah. probably eventually happens. But um, the, yeah, getting to see those uh, movies and how they pull them off is um, cool. Yeah, I wonder when they start. Um, or even when um, the technology has a boost, because I imagine like intricate little whatever the servos. Yeah, yeah. servos become more advanced. Well, the- I think Brantley talked about that that the servers servos were s- not small enough. That's why Chucky is so big. They wanted Chucky to be smaller, uh, but to get all of this in there, that's why they had to do it. Servo technology was still, and I guess, you know, even if it had been a few years before that, then he wouldn't have been able to look like that. Right. Like, uh, probably is a fairly cutting edge thing. Yeah. Um, uh, the, um, The so the end here, um, Chucky stabs that cop, fries his brain with the electroshock machine. I really like that, yeah. Death. That's really um, good. didn't it seem like Brantley's notes helped me uh realize that this was tacked on? But when that woman says in the elevator, oh, yeah. an ugly dog, and then like right as Chucky's leaving, he goes, Fuck you, yeah, and you don't see it, you just hear it, <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. It's funny as hell, though. Oh, I love it. Oh, God. Fuck you. Fuck you. 
<laughs> he can't. He's so. He's so insecure. That's what I love about Chucky. I think Chucky's the most insecure oh. killer of all. And yes, to look at him as a kind of a star, a vain star, I think yeah. will be a really fun. Because like I thought, remember, Chucky gets out of bed and walks, risks being seen by the babysitter so he can watch his own news coverage. <laughs> he's such a fucking whore. <laughs> And he's telling Andy, like, get the 10 p.m. news on. He's Trump. A- yes. He's Trump. He's got to watch his own thing. He does it. I mean, he uh, he calls women's uh, derogatory he's terms. Trump. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, he's a sociopath narcissist. I love it. Oh, I hope we get more and more of that where it's just he can't. Well, his take whole thing is insult. about the perpetuation of his soul and body. Yeah. I mean, Jason and I guess Freddie's, that's a little bit what he wants. He's pissed off that he was killed and yeah. he wants to continue. Like, no, no, you can't get rid of me. But uh, Chucky's the ultimate, like, just narcissist. Oh, I love it. I truly I would love rather it. be a doll than not have my personality in this world. <sighs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. I don't have time. If I had time, I'd kill you. <laughs> uh, I did notice um, uh, uh, the puppeteer hand in the fireplace. Oh, the really? The first time I've ever noticed oh, this. Oh, wow. So it says a lot about the drama of the movie that I'm usually caught up. But when he's on fire and he's kind of like trying to get out, and the mom's trying to keep him from coming out, I noticed a hand coming oh, out of the bottom of the fireplace. That. Wow. Oh, yeah. um, That's a good sequence. The uh, Yeah, I love the the whole end. And, oh my God, the... I mean, I'm going to like any movie where a guy, like, puts his hand, a doll or anybody puts a hand and goes, Ela shombala kubala talala. And late 80s is peak thunderstorm lightning effects. Oh, yeah. Uh, coming up over a building. That seemed to be oh, a thing yeah, that the, was really... The, the dye in the yes. water effect. Plus just the the power of lightning with, you know, Jason lives and... Yeah. This was... Uh, and then just the ongoing explosions in this movie. Just yeah. lots of... Uh, um, and then... I like a mom and son. Single yep. mom and a son working together. Cujo. Uh, shining. Yep. Uh, the um and Andy gets a really no. The kid who plays Andy's pretty good. He's not as good as like well to reference Shining, like Danny or Danny Pintaro from Cujo. Yeah, many Dannys. He's yes. not up to the. But um, he is good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just there's sometimes where he's kind of like. But then Chucky told me that yeah. I wouldn't. You know, he's got a little, little bit of the songy cute kid disease <laughs> but there's a part when he cries that i was like it was legit and yeah. then when he goes this is the end yeah. friend yeah. i love that that's like plays in a record on a loop and also him going he said his name is charles lee ray <laughs> oh. <laughs> the other uh his voice is like perfect for that. i wish they'd just start calling him charles you know yeah not really so a little respect yeah uh that kid is in part two okay the actor and then part three does the soap opera oh blink and this kid the casting texas switch yeah oh wow okay um uh i did think part of the chucky coming back over and over again was a little bit of like Hey, these toys are built to last. No, oh, I wish I had God. a toy like this. Uh, it felt very much like Terminator to me, where oh, just parts of, of parts of you are coming back. Yeah. Yes, yes. Even that his hand gets yeah. like you can start to see the little. Oh, yes, um, and I love. Uh, 
Chucky slowing down his words at the end, that's really yeah. creepy. And it makes up for the moment right before that that's really ridiculous with kind of like a slow-mo shot of a piece of fabric like blowing up and getting like blown up against a wall. Like when oh, they show Chucky getting shot, yeah. it's like that's guys, hilarious. all I'm seeing here is a piece of fabric. That's hilarious. Like, I love that uh, shot. Like that's the one you want to go slow-mo on. That and then when you get to melted Chucky talking, the, just the effects are so good on that. Yes, uh, I love. I that. love it. You and can the still voice. see the teeth in there. Like that, really I good. think that like you're kind of supposed to believe like that part's human. You've got the human teeth, baby teeth. And I wonder if this will be a gift that keeps on giving in these movies. Is it's nice when the main character is the special effect and yeah. like guarantees you're always going to get to see some cool stuff done to Chucky's body and. Right, yeah, because I think that is something about Nightmare that has a leg. Jason has it too, but Michael Myers doesn't. Michael Myers became dependent on Laurie Strode to a certain extent, where mm-hmm. Friday the 13th, Nightmare doesn't. And, and Chucky's the star. Jason's the star. Freddy's the yeah. star. Michael is the star, but Laurie's kind of needs to be there too. Yeah. This well, is the closest connection, though, between... That setup of a slasher. I, I guess Andy's a little close to Nancy too, with yeah. the connection that, like, this sort of bond that he has with the killer. But the, um, yeah, that 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 Andy could kind of go away and Chucky can still continue as a as a threat is different than people now really like Laurie coming back in the action. It's not like if they bring Child's Play, they're like, "What about Andy?" Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, the, uh, um, yeah, well, that's, uh, well, should we best kill it up and then rate it? Yes. Um, so, uh, my best kill is the electroshock. Electro. I like when that guy's face gets all smoldering and he starts bleeding out his eyes and nose. That's cool. There's not that many deaths in this. I gotta go Chucky just the whole process yeah from the journey of chucky's death yeah i love that i love it when he they think he's dead and then he comes back and there's that little smoldering yeah. chucky's shaped yeah. uh, hole in the ground and uh, all right out of 13 yes oh the other thing with the freddy comparison is chucky's verbal yeah and i think we yeah. get as these movie goes on, a little Krugeritis oh, I can with imagine. the clips. I can yeah. only imagine. Yeah, uh, as people love a horror character more, the the gabbier they yeah. get. We'll see. Uh, I like to imagine that um, before their scenes, Freddie and Chucky just have like a big line of coke. <laughs> You get very Gabby. <laughs> and they get together. They share the same punch-up guy who does their quips. And it's Bruce, Bruce Valanche. Yeah, they're always fighting over Bruce's time. <laughs> Bruce, you told me you were going to punch up Halloween uh, or, or Chucky 12. I've been trying to get in with Rickles, but he won't have it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, okay. I'll give this. Uh, an 11. Wow. Now, this is on Chucky terms, not... Okay, yes. Oh, okay. So that's... Well, no, 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 no. I don't mean for... Sub- I'm not like trying to guess. I'm just saying like, if this had to go against Friday the 13th Part 2, 
Friday the Thirteenth Part Two would be a thirteen, and this would be like an eight. But yes. in terms of like, I sat down. I knew I was going to watch a child's play movie. This is the child's play movie that was given to me on a scale of one to thirteen. Ten. Let's make it a ten. Okay. I'm close to that. I'm, I, I'm, yeah, I'm doing the same thing you are. I, I want to judge this film on what it's trying to be. And, and I, you know, I'm going to go 10 to 10. Oh, 10, 10 as well. 10.2. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a thing that we did talk about that I do really like is um, when the sitter is um, there and she gets up and she hears stuff going around and she looks down and sees the bedroom door open and stuff and Chucky's peeking around corners. It just totally emulates the thrill of when you were a kid and you would sneak out of your bedroom to listen to your parents oh, talk. Oh, yeah. Or spy on your babysitter. Yes. Yeah. And then kill her with a hammer. <laughs> but I remember when it was happening, I was like, I remember looking around a corner at my babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> well, just before we go, the great ball peen hammer murders in cinema history between presumed innocent this or their others. <laughs> um, I guess any doctor who gives you a checkup. I mean, there is caps. the meat tenderizer in The Brood, which is really, yeah. that stuck with me as a kid forever. Uh, yeah, it's funny when the hammer, when he brings out the victim to his assistant, who's that really funny, like party. Dude yeah. Whoa, whoa, what a strange casting with that, that was guy. A weird character. Uh, when the shows him the hammer and he's like, <laughs> you think this would kill her? Okay, buddy. It's like, I think it could. <laughs> Jean Benet Ramsey was likely killed by a flashlight that her brother held. Did you know that? Oh, really? You know, those long flashlights that cops hold. Oh, like the heavy mag light ones. Yeah. Oh, so there's pictures that it was on the countertop the night oh. she was died. And the shape of the break on her <sighs> head is the perfect is the exact size of a one of those flashlights. I don't know if you know this, Gorley. This is going to be even more of a of a wow to you than Warren Beatty and Shirley MacLaine or siblings. Um, Jean Monnet was likely killed by her brother. I I have heard that as a theory. So where's he now? He's just living free as an adult. Yeah, with no parents. They I mean, all, his that's parents right, they both died. likely yeah. covered for him because they were like, we don't oh. want to lose two kids. One to death and then one to has to go into some correctional oh, facility or whatever. God. So they make the worst choice for their son, which is they lie for him and now they're gone. And so he has to live in the lie that these parents created for him. But, but that he's... He had emotional issues. I mean, when oh. before Jean Benet died she uh he had was physical with her a couple times That's he right. rubbed sh his shit all over her stuff in her bedroom he had like serious antagonism and uh is that because the mom was favoring her with all this pageant stuff and everything i think that's like what people think and oh, she was boy. more of a yeah um <sighs> but then she ate some of his pineapple i thought you were gonna say poo she ate some of his poo and he didn't like it uh but no the night that she died she uh they think what happened was he came down he saw that she was eating her food he got upset took the flashlight hit her and then, uh, but that's for another podcast, Matt. When I we, hope not. When we find the secret <laughs> of the Jean Benet murder. So, uh, what are you going to rate the Jean Benet murders out of 13? Uh, 13. Oh, God. Were, we're still talking about them. Today. I regret saying it. Uh, sorry. I, yes. Uh, no, it's, it's how I wanted to end this. Yeah. You. <laughs>
<laughs> I didn't want to, but we did. We'll see you next week. Yeah, bye. Bye. <laughs> get, let's get the hell out of here. Run. content, head over to patreon.com slash with Worley and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early, plus monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash with Gourley and Rust. Email us at withgourleyandrust at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gourley and Rust theme song by me, Matt Wood, and performed by Townland. You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Gourley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Candymans. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.